Talk. I'm Nick. And I'm Mason. What is going on, Mason? Dude, just another great week. It's been <laughs> it's been fun. You know, holiday weekend. They're always kind of busy, always kind of crazy. Yeah, it was it was a fun weekend. I mean, not a whole lot of hockey going on, really, but No, I mean, yeah, if you're a hockey fan, there were some exciting games on Saturday. Yeah, a little oh, bit yesterday. I did I did watch the Penguins Bruins game that that uh, Saturday morning game. I heard that you had a, a killer pick in Brad Marchand on FanDuel that day. <laughs> yeah, I did. I I uh, picked him for a hat trick, you know. And yeah, you did. I don't like Marchand at all. But, I never go with Marsh either. He got me some got me some dough. But that was a good day for him. Yeah, that was five to seven game. A super high score. Yeah, and I was I was honestly I was hoping that Penguins were gonna like they pulled the goalie super early, try to get it, you know, but was it a one goal game? Did they get an empty netter? Yeah, it was it an did. empty netter. Marshan's hat trick was an empty netter. Oh yeah. You're so, like, well, good job, Brad. And then there was a controversial like three people got hit in the face all at once. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was that the the plug to Cosby's yeah, face? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw the like the photos of people like, did he embellish this? And I was like, I feel like most players they take something to the face, especially when the game's close. They're going down, like, yeah, yeah. In dramatic fight. Well, step, I mean, dramatic style. Honestly, what I saw was I saw Crosby kind of get him and just just barely, you know. And then he came back and got Crosby with the butt end. But what they didn't, what they missed was the two, the winger dude, the winger guy got like <laughs> straight annihilated? up just like you oh. know stick to the teeth, <laughs> no call on that guy. But <laughs> that was the it's, real crime. It's always a bold move, like the no face mask in NHL, you know, like it's, it's a, it's, that's how it's played and now you're not allowed to wear a face mask, I believe, right? But it's yeah. always just like, it gets scary when you see those pucks flying and sticks in the air and you're like, oh man, their faces <laughs> are exposed. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a face. I know you wear a cage still, you know, playing I and stuff. I tried, but. man. I mean, I like the look of the halfy and I like the feel. I went with the halfy a little bit after um, high school, college, and then I the men's league I was in, but like the county league got super chippy and all these dudes with masks would just go for your face because you couldn't <laughs> hit theirs. So I was just like, whatever, dude, I put the mask back on. I feel like a cage or no cage is kind of like a team like decision. Like if you use, if you play on a team with a lot of cages, you know, there's a lot of people with cages and then you play on a team, you know, no yeah. cages. there's a lot of guys, no cages. And if that makes got, any sense, but it's kind of a culture thing. I think my, in my men's league team now, I think we have a lot of cages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to play like the halfy or not. I played with nothing for a minute, but it was just like all these, these guys in on the league, like one year would just like always hit me in the face and I'm, I'm a short guy. So like I tend to be <laughs> at elbow level of dudes, yeah. you know? And so like inadvertently I just get elbowed in the face, you know, just in front of the net and I was like, ah, it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anything else going on with you? Um, no, I just had a, I had a good weekend. I was able to go snowboarding on Friday yeah, and then go out and do some shooting on Saturday, you know, in yeah. the desert. It's kind of enjoy a nice the, time to be in Utah. The, the spring Utah weather. Yeah. Snow was a little slushy, but hey, it felt <laughs> great. You didn't have to wear much layers. You're up there just enjoying I, the day. I didn't go snowboarding at all this winter. No? No, I kind of miss snowboarding, but. Dude, it gets so much harder. Like, I feel like in high school, you just. You don't care. Just do whatever you have to get on the mountain, and then as soon as you have to like start paying for everything yourself, you're like <laughs> snowboarding, like skiing. Snowboarding is just farther and farther on the back burner. Oh yeah, me and me and my buddy Kelly, we'd go up to Park City literally like every day. Yeah, like, that's that's what we did instead of go to school. We go we go to school and just round up as many people as we could to go to Park City and just snowboard all day. 
And now the now the day passes are like 150 bucks to Park City. Yeah, and I paid 100 and I think 50 for like my whole season pass in high school. Right. It was the the season pass. The high school discounts are insane, and then it goes up from like 200 bucks to like a thousand <laughs> as soon as you like. It's quite a jump, 18. you know. Yeah. They probably get a little more people sticking on for season passes if it wasn't such a jump from yeah. like, you know, nothing to so much you can't you know pay for it. Dude, for real. Hold on. But yeah. So what about you? Um, well, on Wednesday, we did kind of our own youth practice because there's right. no more youth, youth hockey's over. So, I mean, we talked with Ron last week, and I joked about, you know, like as soon as hockey's over, I call him and get ice time. But I did. I got ice yeah, time. For the you boys know? or for the kids, right? Yeah, and yeah. I tried to like kind of like do small groups of kids, kind of more like focused, you know, and mm-hmm. it was really good. We, we kind of did the mites on one side, and we did some squirts on the other side, and it was really well, and then we kind of did a scrimmage because, you know, the kids show up for a scrimmage. You know, you yeah. work them hard, but really they're just there to scrimmage. They so. want to just play around, yeah. <laughs> play a, a makeshift game, you know. But, you know, and I I did kind of drills we do during the season, but, like, you know, during the season we you have a kid at one position and he messes up, and then they're like, well, it's all right, I rotate, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, mm, we're not going to rotate. You're just going to get it right. Or we're going to rotate like every five tries or whatever. So then that kid, you know, he catches the puck on the blue line. He misses the puck on the blue line. He's going to fix it the next time. Or he's going to do a little bit better the next time, you know. He doesn't want to just look like a fool every time. Yeah, maybe he decides, well, I need to like turn my butt this way. Or, you know, this. it really helps him like focus in on the small details. And we had a lot of coaches out there to kind of help kids like, hey, you know, like hold your stick a little bit farther down, you know, or hey, get that top hand away from your body and like just able to like really pick apart these kids and what they needed a little bit of help on and stuff. So it was really good and we're going to be doing a couple more this month. And so. Yeah, that's good. That that's be solid. Yeah, we're, we're going to have our year end party at the end of the year so or at the end of the month. So A little banquet? A little, little, you know, lunch and awards. And then I think we're going to go skate at the Maverick Center. Nice. You guys going to get like a guest speaker? Maybe like Garrett Metcalf or something like that? <laughs> no, because we got him. Well, maybe. I mean, we did get him on the show today. We're going to we have did. him on the show. So, yeah. Yeah, just going to tease that right now. For Garrett. everybody not tracking, local boy back in net who got his first start and win. Yeah. Just a couple less than two weeks ago. No, two no, weeks ago. A week, a week, a week ago. In, yeah. A week and dude, just it's barely only over a week ago. It's only Monday. Yeah. <laughs> barely over a week ago. It's eight days ago. Eight days after playing, you know, four years of college. Yeah. And so yeah. Um tune in for that coming up in just a little bit after, you know, we talk a little more hockey, but yeah. Um, yep, that's about it. And youth hockey. Um, we did have a men's league game, final game of the season. And I th- we won, I think it was 11 to 4 or something. I did have a, like, nice. there was one of those pucks where, like, it's, like, coming, like, fast down. The guy's coming to, like, catch it. And, like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get it. But then it kind of, like, it, yeah. stops. <laughs> and so little, I little I basically short. ran into the guy. I was about the blue line, you know, and it was me and him. And I just shot it. And it just bounced right off his leg and in, in front of him. And then I had a guy dive in front of my net. And I was like, oh, he's got it. And the guy shot, and it went right under my dude, and so right like, under oh. him. Oh. <laughs> and sure enough, Autumn from the crowd like looking up at me, like, "Stay in your net." What are you doing, <laughs> <Yeah>. goalie? <laughs> so she always, you know, makes fun of me it's about how much I, how much I leave my net. But 
But so I did get scored on on that, which I usually don't. I usually can, you know, get back in position or whatever. But yeah. we did win the game. Um, we're going to the playoffs to the first seed. Nice. So, Number yeah. one seed. And then uh, there was a – for the – I think the hit first time in the history of the Bountiful Senior Hockey League, if no one knows, but everyone usually makes playoffs. But hey, COVID times, year of the Rona. desperate, you know. You gotta <laughs> make the someone cut. got cut, <laughs> and like, uh. and even more drama. Like the last two teams, it was Young Kia and Ratio, and they were tied in points, yeah, and stuff. And so, and they were tied in their exact records. So it was like whoever won the game went into the playoffs, right? And they tied. And they tied. <laughs> and to, as the to, the winner goes to playoffs, they have a tiebreaker or something like that? Like goals um, four? I, I don't know what the tiebreaker was. I know, like, before the standings, Young Kia was first. I don't know why. Maybe they yeah. beat him more. I don't know. But, yep, Young Kia made it in. So wow. we're going to be playing my buddy Devin and Young Kia next week. Wow. What, what seed are they then? Like They're six the fourth. Or fourth. There's only five teams. Oh, okay. You know, Battle oh. scene. we don't have a lot of ice time in Battleful. Right. So five teams is all so, we can, you know, handle and bountiful in the men's league. Thus making it harder to take everybody in the playoffs too. <laughs> yeah, you have an odd number. Yeah, usually it's that like first seed gets a bye, but yeah. no bye this year is just, you know. Depends on how much ice time you have, yeah. So, yeah, and then. Hey, good for you guys. So we play on Friday, first seed against Young Kia. Looking forward to it. Um, but that's about it in the men's league column. You always have to be careful of that matchup, you know, because you can come in hot, you know, as that number one seed, and you know, like, you're just going to be getting the best yeah, in that, that final seed, especially when it's one to four. That's not a huge gap, so. Yeah, and honestly, the team, like, the other team, I haven't done so well against. I don't know why. They, they must hate me. Yeah. They've been pouring <laughs> it on every time they see you. Like, I don't know. Buddy I, Nick. Maybe it's because I wear my Beaver jersey still because I don't have a team jersey. I yeah. need to get a jersey that matches the team because I think I wear my Beaver jersey and I might as well just it be just wearing that floors bullseye. everybody. Everyone's like, Beaver. Slap shot to the face. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and they just run it up. And that's it's like not only just run up the score, it's like, if it's Sally like 11, 11 to like one, there's like, woo, oh, every goal, every goal, oh, you know, man. hard sellies. So whatever. I'm glad we don't have to play those guys. So, you know, that's, uh, it's about all I got for the men's league. How about you? Well, the same old, you know, we're not playing right now. County is still uh, trying to figure out when they're going to do a summer league. They're saying it's going to happen, but my team had a good bunch of us split off and go play at the oval. Yeah, and they had a Monday night like scrimmage game to I guess place them in the appropriate division. <laughs> and I, I haven't found out what the score was. I imagine they won, but um, yeah, like I think it was you know ten to twelve of the, like the fifteen dudes I had, so most of the team. But me being a Leighton guy right now, and with uh, life going on and, and everything, I was like, yeah, guys, I'm Sunday in the Oval, yeah, it's, it's not going to work out so well. A, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the Oval and how yeah. it's forever out there, and once you get to the rink, it's forever into the rink and forever to the locker room and forever to the locker room to the ice. And yeah, it's not it's not a nice one for fans either. Like They're like, how do we get to the ice? Yeah, where <laughs> do we go to watch? Oh, we got to go down the stairs and all the way past the first set of <laughs> stairs to this little awkward door on the left that looks like it's going to be employees only. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a hard one. And so it's funny. It's like there's a group text for our team and 
the night of the game, there was like two or three texts like, wait, what floor are we on? What locker room? Because you know, the hallways are big. <laughs> yeah. And there's an upstairs and a downstairs, you know, with the 10 locker rooms they have. And you're like, so where is number five? Yeah. Where's number six? Up or down or. Uh, I think the way they used to when I was in high school, was like one through five was upstairs and like six through 10 was downstairs. Ooh. So yeah. you had to like know the that part of it, you know, like where the, where you fell on the first or second <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, I think. We've only had, I've only ever had like a preseason or whatever game, like once ever. And that was in Provo, the first Beaver, you know, time the Beavers yeah. ever were in a game. And it ended with uh, uh, Cody punching somebody. Classic Beavers. <laughs> Classic and the guy Beavers. who runs the league just got on the ice and was like, you're done. That's it. That's it. Game over. <laughs> it's settled. Really? Like, so this was like just during the game, like during a regular, like a period. Yeah, it was. The game was almost over. I think it was like three <laughs> minutes left in the game, but the guy just opened the door. I was like, "We're done." All right, I'm not. I'm not going to let it escalate <laughs> from here. It's it's just going to be cut. To and, be continued. Yeah, it was against the. Their names were the Ninja Turtles. So. Oh, nice. They were, you know. Well, when you play a team called Ninja Turtles, you expect <laughs> maybe some blows to be thrown. <laughs> yeah, you know they're they're ready for fighting. They're ninjas. TMNT, let's go. The the best thing was uh, one time we played the Ninja Turtles later on in the season. Yeah, and they were that team that was like they were pretty good, but like, I mean, they like they liked to rough it up. Like they were that team. That oh, like, okay, they, oh, they liked to rough. It. We didn't mind it, you no, know. I mean, naturally, Beaver's <laughs> so, like, okay, we'll play that game. But like, out of nowhere, one time we're playing them, and uh, I think there was a tussle going on in the corner. Like, not even much, you know. It was Mensley guy, two guys shoving. Dude yells from the bench, skating as fast as he can. Fight! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> like Mortal Kombat, dude. Just yelled. Fight! Fight! Yeah. Threw off his gloves, and I don't think anybody like even fought him. But like it was, oh, it just threw off everybody. Like I think both guys in the scuffle just like looked over. It's like, what is going on over here? But, you want that kind of problem? <laughs> no, that, that would be awesome to have video footage or something like that. Oh, right I now. wish, I wish. We don't have video footage of much and. Provo, but you know, those were some good days. And so he left the bench and yelled this? Is that what you said? No, he was he like was... at the benches, though. Like he was oh, on the okay. ice, but like that's where he yelled it from and skating down the wall. I think the <laughs> scuffle was along the wall, too. But <laughs> he was ready to, this is my chance. Yeah, that was one of those moments that forever will stick out in my memory is the fight. <laughs> fight! <laughs> Raphael, 10 backflips now yeah, in the corner. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's ever entered a fight. Like in in hockey, like yelling fight. <laughs> no, dude, it's always just like a, a nod or or someone just starts throwing or, it, it or was, grabbing you. It was like you know the like schoolyard when like you know two guys start scuffling or whatever, and somebody from the playground just shouting at the rooftops, fight! fight. <laughs> you like those kids and everybody like circles around like fight, yeah. fight, 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 and then the two guys like don't even fight at you. Yeah. And, and then you get, everybody gets in trouble because you were screaming fight. <laughs> when I was in sixth grade, that happened. It was, uh, well, it was kind of messed up because it was like some girl like slapped this dude early in the school year and he started crying. We all laughed at him. <laughs> so he like wanted a rematch for this. With the like, girl? Yeah, with the girl. Ooh. And everybody circled up one day and like threw him in the circle and they were like, fight, fight, fight this dude and this girl. And. He like pinned her down pretty quick. And I remember like I ran in and like grabbed him and I was like, this is stupid guys. And then someone like pulled me off and they're like, no, we got to let him fight it out. <laughs> and anyways, it didn't go on for much longer, but 
teachers caught us. And then we had like this sixth grade dance and uh, like Valentine's celebration coming up. And it all got canceled and taken away as punishment. They were like, we're just, it was like the, we're not so mad as we're just disappointed that all of you were circled around (laughs) supporting it. Now you guys don't get a circle around the dance and, you know, the, the awkward the like, hand holding. <laughs> you don't get to do the Macarena now. I was like, man. Shaking my head. I was like, dude, I had my Valentine set up ready to go, too. <sighs> man, I had like the, the the like jewelry from Kmart, you know. like a nice box. I'm hook yeah. her up. That's right, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I had the, all the little cool candy cards, you know, that you give people and stuff. I'm, get, I'm getting a kiss behind the portables. Yeah, instead <laughs> I'm just going to eat all these candies myself now. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm going to give the necklace to my mom. So yeah. I think it's super sweet. <laughs> the real number one lady in my life. There you go. <laughs> all right, well, let's get back to We hockey. digress. We digress. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's see. Uh, talking a little college College hockey, hockey yeah. Yeah. The final, maybe. It, yeah, question mark. I mean, it, they said final game. <laughs> You know both teams, but but uh, last game it didn't it didn't disappoint. Went to overtime, right? Yeah, and, and then, uh, the Wildcats come out with a three-two win in OT. There you go, Lama. I'm modern. No <laughs> go Cats go. <laughs> after a pretty bad looking six-one loss. Yeah, like I was, two weeks I was worried, but hey, the the real winner here is every college team in Utah ended the season with a win. They played. Yeah. Like they had a win, yeah, during the season I mean, at some point. Utah the State, Utah State was like zero and four against BYU, yeah, and then they get the win uh-huh. <laughs> against Weber State, and, and Weber then, State, and then Weber State comes back and gets this win. So, what does that put the Aggies at? Like one and five on the season, I think uh, BYU is four and zero. Yeah, they ended abruptly. They were like, "Yeah, we're undefeated. We're, we're done. <laughs> undefeated. We're done. We're done." And Wildcats one <laughs> one. That's it. We're done. <laughs> yep. Cougars, you know, going down as an undefeated season 4-0. They sent the kids packing, you know, yeah. <laughs> clean out the locker room. We're not going to worry about trying to get COVID anymore, yep. you know, chancing it. We're just done. Yep. And, you know, seniors, good job. You got four four wins. But, hey, hats off to Utah State for, like, you know, being the, like, hey, we're going to play you. Oh, you guys want to play? Well, we'll play it, yeah. you know. And they try to get the, the team from Montana. They should have had a couple more games, right? Yeah. yeah that's cool. But, didn't work out so and they've had you know two solid guests of this show from utah state yeah so we appreciate what they've done yeah and uh old hunter doyle getting celebrated on senior night there you go and yeah it looked like they were having a blast you know everybody out there and it looks like a good time yeah no i'm happy for them all it's cool and then yeah and i'm happy for weber state that they you know they go 50 50 in the season yeah, and uh, I noticed the the game tying goal to make it two two was Byron Fobert and then Will Fobert scored the GW. I don't know if it's brothers or cousins, but you know, hey, the Fobert guys, the Fobert family, goal scoring. Yeah, game tying goal and the GW. So good for them. Yeah, and then other college hockey. You know, the D one starts this uh, week. So yeah, if you guys are you know looking to watch that Frozen Four, there's two games. We got Minnesota Duluth. And is that Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth State? and no, it's Minnesota Duluth and UMass and UMass, yeah, playing each other, and then we got Minnesota State and St. Cloud State playing on Thursday as well, and then they'll meet on Saturday for the the final game. Three of the four teams are inside <laughs> the state of Minnesota. Yeah, and and it's happening in the, the Penguins, right? Yeah, yeah, at the Penguins Arena. 
Yeah, so you can catch that this weekend, right? So it should be on ESPN, I think. I think that would be ESPN or NBC Sports and one of the big ones. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's ESPN. I think they I think do all the right. Frozen Four stuff. So yeah, we should know this, but yeah, I should have <laughs> I should have paid attention to the network. If you got Xfinity, not, you know, you just stay in your remote. Frozen Four. Frozen Four, yeah. Bloop. Just Google Frozen Four. You'll find it too. You'll find it. You know, <laughs> you'll have an idea of where to go. Yeah. So, um, some good hockey to watch this weekend. Yeah. And like I said, it's Alice's birthday on Friday. That's how I spent, or on Saturday. That's how I spent, you know, the day she was born, watching the, the finals of the Frozen Four. So beautiful. It, she's got a dance comp, but hopefully it's over before that game starts. Beautiful. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully so. <laughs> I'm going to be that dad with, you know, the, the game on while I'm watching my daughter's dance. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. With the phone, like hiding, like un- by the knee or something yeah, like yeah, that. Like, yeah. oh, that was a great job, Alice. Yay. I'll have Brooks on my lap and I'll like tape the phone to the his back and I'll just hold That's it. even better. <laughs> it's taped to the baby's back. So you're just innocently holding the baby up. But yeah, we I'm know really, what you're doing. I'm really watching the game where I'll be like. Oh, dude, he's being noisy. I got to go out in the hall. Be right back. And then I'll just go out there and watch the hot game. Yeah. And then come back in during intermission. Everyone, everyone's going to record the dance anyways. Yeah. I mean, the or, dance you know recorded and how I much. I just be like, hey, let Autumn text me when she's about to go up and I'll I'll sneak back in. Yeah, because you guys have the little program, right? And yeah. She's not out there the whole majority of the no, time, right? They got no, a few dances. I really don't care about other kids. Yeah, I mean, dancing. You know, the kids falling over each other. <laughs> their mom's like three feet away from the stage with their giant yeah, iPads yeah, or cameras. Yeah, you know? iPads, cameras. You know, like oh, I just yeah. held down them. to the front, down to the front. We went to one a couple of weeks ago, and I had to laugh because like my brother and his wife. I was sitting by my brother. They their kids dance with Allison. Uh, he was recording, and she was recording. And then I was thought that was kind of funny. They were both recording it. But then there was someone next to us, and the mom was recording on her phone, and the daughter was recording on her iPad. And I said to my brother, I was like, well, at least you guys are getting different angles. These guys are just getting the exact same. Right, <laughs> side by side. <laughs> I don't know. You can cut, you know, different angles and make it look seamless yeah. if you edit it. But if you cut the same angle, it's awkward. Did that glitch? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> Why did they switch places just barely? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't mean to get off topic on dance talk, but let's get back to hockey. But just gonna say, you know, hopefully dance comps over by Frozen Four time. Yeah. So, and then you know, got Utah Grizzly happening this Our last local weekend. Pro team, yeah, yeah. And big big day on the show for Utah Grizzlies. Yeah, exactly. We got the local boy coming on. Garrett Metcalf. First Utah Grizzly to be on the, well, current Utah Grizzly player to be on the team. And hopefully, you know, at least one more to follow. Yeah, we got another one coming. You know, we won't won't tease it quite yet. We won't tease it quite yet. That way, you know, if they just like listen to this episode, they're like, yeah, we're done. (laughs) We're we're pulling out. (laughs) I heard that. Yeah. Nah. So. So we're talking to their people. Yeah. We're, we got the Grizzlies on, on speed dial these days. So. Hopefully we'll get a lot of more of those guys on. And, yeah, like we said, Garrett Metcalf can be on the show today. Um, but let's talk about this last weekend with the Grizzlies. Yeah, so that, what they played the Allen Americans yeah. three games. Yeah, away. That, well, at Allen. In Allen, yeah. So, and, you know, they, they lost in the shootout first game. Tough loss. I mean, you get a point. Yeah, and then they get shut out the next game. Yeah, that's, that's hard. And yeah. then they get... 
uh, shootout win the next game. So, I mean, they they take three out of six points. That's 50-50. So. Just a real grinder of a weekend, you know. And they actually moved up in the standings after it from eighth to seventh place. So, yeah, still worked out in their favor, and they're still in that four spot in the West. So we're, so, so we're still hoping for some playoff hockey in Utah. They're in the mix as the four teams from hey, each conference are going. Hey, you never know. All you got to be is in the mix. That's right. You know, there's been so many teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, even in the pros that are down to that lower seeds and they get yeah. in and they end up getting to the finals, if not winning a cup. So I mean, we still remember the crazy, you know, L.A. run yeah. to their cup. Two cups. <laughs> like, well, they lost like two they, games the whole time. When and they, they, the they went in, what, the seventh and eighth seed the two years they won the cup? Yeah, I think they were the eighth seed the first year and they swept. I think through the first two rounds, Vancouver yeah. and I don't know St. Louis or someone like that right after, but yeah, they had, yeah. And then did they go in the seventh that next year too? One of the years they went against San Jose and dropped the like San Jose was up three games, and then the Kings came back and won four straight. So hey, it's playoff hockey, you know. Yeah. You never Crazy know, and that's happens. the that's why it's the greatest sport. You know, it's the only sport out there that like anything can happen. Like really, like. It's just that good of a sport and that competitive a sport that anybody has a chance on any given night. Yeah. No, so. it's true. So, yeah. So, you know, they go they go one for three but get three out of six points. So, a lot of good stuff. Well, some good stuff. Yeah. But <laughs> some great individual accolades coming Yeah, for some Grizzly, a specific Grizzly player over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, we got Matthew Boucher. I think this is what they said when we were at the game. I don't know if it's Boucher or Boucher. Yeah, I know whatever. Mess it up. Um, he got Player of the Week uh, from last weekend when they had the what, four games against Tulsa. He yeah, came out with yeah. eight points. Yeah. He had the Hattie in the first game. Got the Inglasico. Got that bucket of pucks. Yeah, to some local Utah <laughs> youth hockey organization. <laughs> hey, if you haven't given that anywhere, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to get to the bottom of this where these pucks are going. Plug it. You know, it was DC win night. It was D- yeah, it was DC win night. It's only fitting. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. I'm gonna get DC win a bucket of pucks. Yeah, we need the quality control on a bucket of in Glasgow pucks and see what they're all about. Yeah, these are top quality pucks. I need yeah. to get them. If anybody will give you the rundown, it's gonna be the DC win. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get to the bottom of where these pucks are going. So, but also he got uh, the Howie's hockey tape uh, player rookie. Of the month. Yeah, Rookie of the Month. Yeah, he's been doing great. He had a great month in March. So does he get like a, a box of tape also? See, I don't know. That. You would think, you know, some kind of like big old package of tape and wax or whatever. So maybe if you maybe if you got, you know, if you're his favorite, you know, local youth hockey team, you're getting pucks and you're getting tape. Maybe even some uh, laces too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they forgot they make laces, huh? I got Howie's laces on my skates. Are they waxed or not? Oh, I'm a wax guy. Dude, I tried wax laces one time. I, I just, I You're not sure. waxed? Unwaxed, man. It was like, because, you know, they, they, they scrape off and they get wax gets everywhere, little chips. And I don't know. I feel like the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. No? Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm all waxed. Like, all about the waxed, huh? Oh, like, I tie a lot of kids' skates. Like, yeah. And some of these skates, like, they're like, you pull it, it's like two steps forward, three steps back. Like, as soon as yeah. you tighten it and you go to, like, grab the next loop, they're like, all the way back. It's all just, yeah. I'm like, man, what are these silky silks? 
Yeah. You made out of silk? Lubricate these laces or what? <laughs> Is it KY laces? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I'm a waxed all through and through. I, can, I just get them so tight and, you know, they. they I think they hold better, but eh, to each his own. Yeah. True. Let us know. Are you a waxed or are you an unwaxed? Yeah. Leave us, leave us a comment. You know, leave us a DM. Waxed or unwaxed. <laughs> this could go a totally yeah, different way when you say yeah, waxed or unwaxed. Huh? Here we get in trouble here. <laughs> We're talking about laces. Laces. Hockey laces. Maybe even stick. You wax your stick. Stick, yeah. I wax the stick, yeah. Every, like fresh tape job, put some wax on it. You know, and most parents, like we gave out the Howie's wax of the iron cup and everyone's like, what is the wax for? I'm like, eh, it makes it a little bit stickier, but really it makes it smell good. It does really <laughs> make it smell good. It, it's like the, it, it, the first time you use... The stick, you know, right on the ice with the wax, then you can like pick that puck up and play the cross with it for like the first oh, yeah. couple minutes, and then your stick gets wet. And it's like, yeah, eh. if you really do it on the back, you know, like just wax it up, then you just smack that pack, that puck really hard, and boom, and then it's there. It's, it's just lacrosse there. right there. <laughs> yeah, so that's really what it gives you. Yeah, and I think it can, you know, help keep your your tape a little stickier and on the stick for maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, I knew I knew a kid who would do like he would do the wax. And then he would do baby powder. Really? On top of the wax. That's I, I've never seen that before. You know, I do baby powder on the the butt end. Really? Of like a fresh tape job because it takes the stickiness away. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. So like you ever like, like I, you know, your, like hand your like glove gets all it. sticky, you know, like I mm-hmm. just baby powder it up, rub it in that way it, you know, makes it unsticky. So, yeah. so I get the baby powder. It's always bit, very resourceful. When you see people do the laces over the socks, I don't know. You just remind me of that one. Like you like just have like a pair of like half cut laces, you know, that they yeah. tie around their socks to keep the socks up instead of using sock tape. Saving on sock tape. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're also having to take 10 minutes to tie those laces every time. Yeah, you have to worry about tying it and retying it during the game. If it oh, comes yeah. on, yeah, comes undone. I, yeah. I'm just like clear tapes. Good for me, man. A couple, <laughs> couple passes. They last pretty long, you know, and you can usually, you know, always ask in the locker room who's got clear tape. It's true. Anybody <laughs> got clear? Someone's got clear. So yeah. So, um, good weekend for the Grizzlies. They're going to be playing this weekend also on the road, right? They are on the road against Wichita this weekend. The thunder. And then back home next weekend against Kansas City. But they also got a, a ticket package going on right now. It comes with three tickets, um, a bobblehead, a blanket, and a tote bag, 48 yeah. bucks. It's a pretty solid deal. Dude, that's, tickets. A, that's a super deal. And some gifts, yeah. That, that's like 12 bucks, something, you know, a... It's a little bit more. It's like thirteen bucks. Like, yeah, you know, fifteen. No, I think sixteen bucks. Sixteen bucks. I mean, I don't know. Take it, but still, that's but a you, pretty but you good get the blanket ticket, plus all the gifts. Yeah, and the bobblehead, Grisby bobblehead. Yeah, I put mean, that thing on eBay. Yeah, exactly. Maybe get a sign, put it on eBay. Get Grisby so, himself to sign it. Grisby's, it Grisby's not in the stadium right now. Because oh, that's of COVID. right. Yeah, no. yeah. He got he got axed. Oh, dang. Well, hopefully he didn't really get axed, but yeah. <laughs> no Grisby. It's too bad. They could have put them at least in like a corner stage or something. Just said you got to stay here in your little area. Yeah. But. Yeah. Kind of like gritty. Right. Like gritty has his own little special spot now. Yeah. So, well, should we go over to our interview? Yeah. Let's kick it on over to Garrett. All right. 
On the podcast today, we got the local Utah native, Garrett Metcalf, you know, a homegrown goalie who played here until he was, what, 14, 13, you know, 15, you know, and then left uh, the great state of Utah, as many of the greats have to do, and and went and played around various teams and uh, for a few different colleges recently. And now he's back playing for the Utah Grizzlies, just got his first start and dub the other day. We're super excited to have him on. Welcome in, Garrett. How's it going? Good guys, how are you? It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm I'm really happy to talk to you guys. Hey, we're happy to have you on the show. Yeah, anytime we get a pro, you know, <laughs> chomping at the bit. So this is your first pro game, right? Yeah, that was the first pro game. It's kind of weird that you guys say that. Um, you know, just playing college for so many years, as you mentioned, multiple different schools. There was three colleges, and just kind of growing up in Utah. It's, not that you don't look at the Utah Grizzlies as pro hockey, but like now that I'm there and it's just weird. I, I guess I just yeah. don't really consider myself a pro yet, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it probably takes a little bit to kind of sink in when you're like, you, cause you're back home with all these familiarities, but you're, you're playing in a, a professional organization now. What was that experience like though, dude, coming back home and, and getting the start, you know, I mean, it's it's COVID and Sunday, so it wasn't a packed house. But, uh, you know, the Grizzlies get pretty decent turnouts. How was that like, you know? Yeah, um, it was a Sunday game, and we played at 1 o'clock, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was funny because I first signed an amateur tryout, um, and we had four goalies here at the time. And, you know, my dad posted something on it on Facebook, and there was a bunch of people saying, like, we want to watch Garrett play. Like, we're going to get season tickets and, you know, all, <laughs> yeah. all all the above, and it was kind of like you guys got to slow your your yeah, road a little chill bit. Chill out here. a little bit. Uh, there's four goalies. Obviously, Kevin's on a, a contract with the uh, Avalanche's American League team. So I don't know how that works, but I would assume that he probably has to play a certain amount of games or, or whatever. So uh, I was just trying to take it in stride and enjoy it. And really the biggest thing for me was just to continue to practice in case there was an opportunity uh, yeah. to go to another ECHL team. and. Uh, I was fortunate enough that I made an impression on Tim and uh, Snatch there, and they decided to, you know, move somebody else and sign me to a contract. And when I found out I was playing, it's funny, it's just come full circle because my dad refed here for, you know, he refed professionally for 26 years. And me and my older brother, Skyler, grew up going to that rink. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's kind of where I fell sure. in love with the game. So for that to come full circle and, for me to be able to play my first professional game back where it all started was, was really surreal and very, very cool experience. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a cool experience, you know, just being in the crowd. I was at the game, so it was a lot of fun to watch the game. And, you know, I thought you, you know, you held yourself, you know, very professionally and you had full confidence in yourself and, you know, that one goal went in, it was kind of a little fluke goal. So. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird goal and, uh, of course, that was how it had to go in. But, no, the team played great in front of me, and it was funny. I was joking with uh, Kevin Carr when I went in the locker room after the first period, and I said that's kind of the introduction course to the ECHL. They had four shots that I felt like a squirt goalie probably could have stopped. So, um, <laughs> you know, after that first period, just going through that, it really helped calm my nerves. Not that I was overly nervous for the game in itself anyways. I think with the light and crowd, uh, it, it – you know, it, it makes it less nerve wracking, but be able to get in there and feel comfortable and just kind of feel the puck and get used to the pace as it's a little bit faster than college uh, was really good. And 
the guys the whole entire game played so great defensively. It's, you know, as a first pro game, you get used to the pace and the speed and how guys are bigger and stronger. But honestly, that might have been one of the easiest games I've ever played as far as, um, you know, chances against. I think they had three, three shots inside the house. Um, and I'm used to it. Some of these other schools getting more than that facing, you know, 35, 40 shots a night. So to face 25 and, you know, a full game and a little bit of overtime was a little bit of a change of scenery for me, but it was really nice. Yeah, that makes sense, actually, because you were playing, was it Long Island University you played with this last season? Wasn't that a first-year team? Yeah, so they were, uh, that was the inaugural year, and um, so my freshman year was at uh, UMass Lowell. I transferred, and then uh, when you transfer from a Division One institution to another, the rule then was uh, you had to sit out no matter what. Now the rule okay. is based off how many games you played. Um, so I went to Mercer, had to sit out a year, played two years, <laughs> and then was actually committed to Michigan Tech for about four months this summer. And long story short, things didn't work out because of classes and whatever else. Uh, so I had nowhere to go in July. And uh, I had, my dad had talked to Tim and I had talked to Tim and Tim was like, yeah, well, we could potentially sign you here if you wanted to. And I didn't think I was ready to make that jump to pro hockey. I wanted to go back to college and see if something – you know, maybe bigger came about if I could sign with Anaheim or right. uh, maybe an American League team or whatever. And, uh, you know, it didn't go that way, but it was a great learning experience. And the, the one thing that I enjoyed about it with it being a first-year program is, you know, you, you get to set the standard for the culture and the expectations of, you know, hopefully generations to come that play at Long Island University and for for me to be able to be an older guy on that team to the younger freshmen and guys that don't really know what college hockey is about. I, I feel like and hope that I made a lasting impression on them that was in a professional manner that they can carry on to the rest of their hockey careers and hopefully into the real world. Yeah. I mean, transferred up into, you know, pro hockey. So, I mean, that was a pretty good uh, move for you and, you know, a standard to set for those other guys. Yeah, I mean, that goes to show what you can do with, with hard work. I mean, and that is that is cool that you can kind of pave that road and, and blaze that trail for a first-year team. It's it's kind of crazy. I heard about that school and, like, standing up that team through COVID and everything. I just barely heard that story recently, and I didn't realize until when I was reading the article when you got signed, like, oh, yeah, recently played for Long Island University. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shoot. Now, he was on that team standing that program up. You know, that that's pretty cool, though, to, to see the local kid do that and then now. Uh, see you back in a Grizz uniform. You know, that's, that's, it's, it's fun to see for sure. I was pumped when uh, you got signed and then you made it quickly onto the roster and out on the ice. Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a quick turnaround, but like I said, it was, uh, it was good. I, I actually originally signed um, in the SPHL right after school, like the day after oh. a season ended signed out of Knoxville and went down there Um probably shouldn't have been brought in just based on circumstances of the situation, but whatever the, the reason the coach was adamant that he wanted me down there. And, and with the same mindset that, you know, I just wanted to continue to play throughout this year in case some opportunity presented itself because I didn't want to sit at school or come home and do nothing for, you know, a week yeah. or even two weeks and then get the phone call that someone needs somebody because they got hurt or COVID or whatever, and then go and get my one opportunity and not be ready for it. So I was really chomping at the bit to, to play and practice anywhere. So I was down in Tennessee for about 11 days and actually ended up 
basically getting released um, slash cut from the team, didn't play in any games or whatever, and then was fortunate to, you know, that the door offer or the, the opportunity opened here with uh, the Grizzlies and Tim and just trying to take advantage of it every day. What was the most exciting thing about, you know, lacing up the skates for the Grizz? Yeah, um, I mean, just just the fact that uh, you're playing pro hockey and uh, you look a- around the locker room and there's some familiar faces for me. Charlie Gerard, I played junior hockey with. Uh, obviously, Kevin Carr has been in and out of here uh, throughout his pro career, so I've watched him play. Uh, Jared Pike's also a local boy, but, you know, you look at some of our roster, uh, you know, Pat has played, I think, all except for this year in the American Hockey League. Um, and there's other guys that are similar that just because of COVID and what is going on, you look around the room, I think the ECHL is, they say that it's better this year than it really has ever been because there's 13 oh, yeah. teams playing out of what, maybe 30, something yeah. like that. Um, there's certain American League teams that aren't playing. So it's kind of pushed everybody down. So to be able to be in the locker room with those guys and be able to practice with them every single day, and uh, it's just a, a really fun experience. Um, and again, to be back home, it couldn't have worked out any better. Yeah, we were just talking about how the ECHL just seems like it's, you know, jumped up a notch just this year from what you're used to seeing, you know, going to a Grizzly game. It's it's a lot faster pace, and the skill is just, you know, at another level this year. Yeah, and, I mean, we just uh, – he left, but, I mean, you have a fourth-round pick, Hunter Skinner, who's yeah. usually in the OHL, and you typically don't see something like that. So to have a, a talent like that playing one for us was great. Um, but for the fans to be able to see something like that and kind of see what the young talent is in major junior hockey in Canada and uh, maybe get to experience a fourth-round draft pick at you know, uh, an early stage of his pro hockey career that you typically wouldn't see in the ECHL, especially here in Utah. So pretty special. Yeah, and speaking about draft picks, you know, how was it being drafted by Anaheim? Yeah, it was super cool. Um, it's crazy that we talk about it. It's like, it's been like almost six years now. Um, it was back in 2015. I still remember the day I was sitting in my goalie coach's living room in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, I was watching the draft on TV. And, um, you know, they kind of go back and go through the interviews of like the first round draft picks and the second round guys. And then in the bottom part of the screen, there's like draft picks getting, you know, popping up. But it seems like they're kind of late. And then they go back to the draft board occasionally and, uh, so I had it pulled up on my phone and I kept like refreshing the feed every <laughs> yeah. couple of seconds to just see, cause it was a later round. It was like the sixth round and, uh, my agent texted me. So like the notification pops up and I'm like, no, it's like, what do you want? Leave me alone. Uh, so I clicked on it. He's like, you know what just happened? And I was like, no, he was like, you were just picked by Anaheim. Congratulations. And sure enough, once we were done texting, I refreshed the page and saw my name there. And, uh, we went out and had dinner and celebrated. I wish that, I was with my parents and my family, but I was uh, training out there. And then, like, the next week, flew out to Anaheim for development camp. So it was super cool. Um, if I could go back, I would have loved to have been at the draft. Uh, I just didn't know what the chances of me getting drafted were. I had talked to a few teams, um, and they said if I were going, I was probably going to be a, a later pick. Uh, I didn't play a whole lot my U18 year, my first year, and then uh, ended up splitting half the time. Uh, my first year in the USHL but a lot of people don't understand that that was also my second draft year I was 19 
so my first draft year had passed me by when I was playing triple A hockey. Yeah, that's hard to do to get drafted after you miss your draft year. That's... They say the chances go down every year. I don't know what percentages are, but uh, you have three years after you're 18. Um, so, yeah, I was just very fortunate into uh, a very classy organization. Uh, I have nothing but good things to say about them and what they've done for me. Um, they're struggling a little bit right now, so hopefully they can find a groove and, and win some more games, but wish them nothing but success in the future. How was that uh, that jump when you went to that first camp? Was that just pretty eye-opening, that level of competition that you saw when yeah, you well, reported? It's because, yeah, uh, it's funny because a lot of those guys I trained with like or played against, I played against Troy Terry and you know in the USHL, I think that year, uh, we played Team USA, or we call it the program, or the U.S. National Development Team. They had awesome athletes on their team. So yeah, I mean, we're playing <laughs> high in competition. Team, yeah. yeah, so we're playing high in competition. So uh, you show up to development camp. There's not a lot of the NHL guys around. You have top end college guys, top end junior guys, draft picks. But one of the coolest things I'll never forget is at the time my favorite goalie was Frederick Anderson. And I remember walking in the locker room one day and he was there. And, uh, you know, it's funny. You have little kids now that, like, can't really talk to you. I was stuck in that almost, like, paralyzed phase. Like, oh, my God, that's Freddie. And I looked to one of the kids next to me and I'm like, that's my favorite goalie. And he's like, go talk to him. Like, <laughs> don't be stupid, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, I don't want to mess it up, man. You know, yeah. first impressions. 19 years old, like, starstruck. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I don't think that ever goes away for anybody. I mean, I've never been drafted or anything like that, but I think it's always cool for kids, you know, or, you know, anyone to see somebody at that stature. And, you know, Freddie Anderson's definitely accomplished a lot in his career. So definitely a good goaltender to look up to. Yeah, it's, uh, my favorites changed over time. Right now, I really enjoy watching Mackenzie Blackwood. Weird because he's the same birth year as me, but just so cool, calm, and collected and can move so well for – his size and you know going back to that kind of like starstruck thing it's just weird because you know even in college you have younger kids you're playing junior it's like man I was you when I was younger you know like you don't really ever know who's going to make it out and uh it's not really until it happens to you that I guess the dream comes true but um it's no different than one of you guys making it far in hockey or baseball or whatever sport you enjoyed and people kind of idolize that, but we don't realize that like, that's a, that's a normal person. It's, they're yeah. no different just because they're, you know, very skilled at what they do. They just happen to be a sensational athlete and a regular dude. And it's funny you say that moment, but Frederick Anderson, I kind of had, I mean, it wasn't like a playing career situation, but I was working a chord for a few years, uh, just, uh, driving the Zam and closing up a couple nights a week. And uh, I opened one morning when Trevor Lewis had rented the ice. And I knew he was coming, right? You know, and I had everything ready to go. But as soon as he walked in there, dude, I just, like, put up my hand. I was like, hi, Mason. <laughs> like, he's just like, I just need the key, man. Like, And I was like, yeah, you're right. Here, here you go. Here's the key to locker room one and two. Go for it, man. But he shook my hand, and I was like, I don't want to wash it, dude. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> yeah. You kind of get, like, hyped up for those moments, too. But it's like, yeah. We do it, but it's kind of like, who are they, you know? Yeah. And then he had, like, local guys out there, like Ben Wilner, I'm sure. I don't know if you remember him from the U. And there's a couple yeah. of dudes I recognized. There was just some some good, talented players just out there for a, a skate, you know, getting reps in. And I was like, oh, this is just a pretty chill eye session here. And then, 
you know, he looked up at me and I froze again. And he's like, hey, can you grab another net or a shooter tutor? I was like, yeah, I got you, man. <laughs> but, but then after, I was like, this is a bunch of dudes that I, I recognize and Trevor happened to be out there wheeling and dealing. But yeah. Hey, I met, I, I met you that, that night after, or I guess it was the afternoon after that first, you know, win. And I, I actually didn't know you were coming in. I just, you know, I know Jared through uh, hockey and stuff. And we were just hanging out after the game. And then, I, you know, I noticed your family and stuff was in there and, and sure enough, there you were there, and you know, I was like, I'm, I'm getting a pick, you know. <laughs> you never know, or you know, this guy's going one day, and you know, and my daughter was there, and she, she didn't want to get a pick, she, you know, she's being a little shy, but uh, she was really stoked, you know, when you came in, she was like, oh, that was the goalie that we just watched, you know. So, I mean, and then you got a picture with Parker, and you know, that's awesome to see you, you know, kind of living out that same you know, stardom, you know, to these little kids. And I mean, if you had anything to say to little kids right now, playing in the state of Utah, you know, from somebody who's made it to the pro level, what would you say to them? Uh, just work hard and, and fight through the adversity. I mean, I think if you kind of look at my journey and uh, what I've, not that my journey is more adverse than anybody else's. I think everyone faces their own adversity, but I think that there's, Certain times people go through adversity and they want to give up or they want to quit, uh, but don't. Um, I think that going along with that, you need to be realistic with yourself and uh, what you can do. Um, you know, obviously they'll become a certain point in my career uh, as a professional or someone's career is they're playing college or whatever. It's kind of like, am I going to continue to pursue the hockey route uh, because it might work out or I get a real job and fall back on my education or do whatever but for the younger kids out there just continue to work hard and, and fight through those adversities because we all go through them um, and at the end of the day they make you who you are uh, and, and they make you stronger yeah absolutely I mean I think that's great advice um, I was gonna you, you talked about Jared a little bit I was wondering he was I think a couple years ahead of you did you ever cross paths with Jared Pike growing up yeah, so me and Jared, I, I want to say we were Peewees, maybe Squirts, um, and we played for the Junior Grizzlies. Okay, his yeah. Dad, his dad was our head coach, um, and I remember that year great. Me and Piker were talking about it the other day. Uh, we had Jordan Townsend on our team, uh, and then we also had Matt Youngman was our other goalie. I don't know if you know Matt, but I guess he was a sensational lacrosse player at Juan Diego um, and unfortunately took his life a couple of years oh, ago. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, pretty sad, but uh, yeah, we were talking about that the other day, so it's pretty cool that kind of comes full circle. And we um, we played AIC, his, the college he went to, two years ago or something like that, and AIC actually tweeted out a photo of me and Piker on that team with nice. his dad and my dad as well. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, it was pretty cool to see that. Yeah, that that, that is a really cool moment. Yeah, it, he, he seemed like a, a similar story, hard worker in college. Didn't he get that uh, – the underdog, the unsung hero award his senior year. That was pretty yeah, cool to see. Um, he's been like that and just playing against him. He's just kind of a hard-nosed player. He does have skill, uh, but he's not like an overly skilled guy, but he's willing to, to do do the dirty things he gets in front of the net and battles hard and isn't afraid to block shots or be in front for screens and tips. Uh, you know, some of the minor details that I think people miss. Yeah, I mean, there's a spot on the team usually for a guy like that. So Exactly. Very cool. So, of the, so yeah, three different colleges. Let's back up a little bit here. So, you were, I believe you played AAA 
for in Utah, right? At tier 14. And then, like, where did you go after? Yeah, let's, let's talk about those, like, years between when you left here and, and got to college. So I played, um, I'm trying to think of my first year AAA. I want to say it was U14 when uh-huh. uh, the regulators turned to, like, chatters. Um, right, for, for a like little bit there, year. yeah. Yeah, so I played Chatters U14 AAA for, it was like my second year. Um, and as you guys know, Utah hockey's gotten better, but uh, AAA hockey in Utah was not AAA hockey. Yeah. Uh, we would go to tournaments and That's well said. Know, trying to get waxed a little bit. And you know that really well as a goalie. <laughs> you feel yeah, that. I think, I think that was the best thing for my development, though, because you're, you know, you're facing more shots of not going to the NHL out of a U14 AAA program from Utah, you know? So it's, it's funny. Yeah, I was, was going to say real quick, it's funny you say that because I played AAA goalie, you know, for the Utah Stars, you know, when I was a Pee Wee, so, or maybe it's a Bantam. So, yeah, you know, 14U. So, and you were, our size difference when uh, that picture, you know, it showed that, you know, maybe, maybe I wasn't the best, you know, pick for a goalie, you know, out of Utah. So, you know, that is a testament to, you know, that AAA hockey in Utah was not what it is, AAA hockey everywhere else. So, don't, don't sell yourself short, Nick. We know you got a few men's league championships <laughs> under your belt. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, so uh, played here for Chatters, and then the next year I played U16 AAA for the Regulators, and kind of a similar story. But it was great for my development; got a lot of shots, got the experience. Um, and then I got invited to the Omaha Lancers main camp as a 15-year-old, which was a pretty big deal to me. That is huge. Um, and then also the Spokane Chiefs in the Western Hockey League. So nice. there was an old assistant coach here. Uh, Lee Mendelson, we call him Lido. I used to skate with him all the time, and he texted me the other day joking because uh, uh, he used to kick my ass on the ice, and I literally used to cry. <laughs> um, in Utah, when he was an assistant coach, like on the same ice, like it's crazy how full circle it's come. But uh, yeah, so I did that and um, played for the regulators, and then he got me kind of invited to these camps, and I went there thinking, uh, just going to get the experience and see what, you know, my peers at the highest level are doing. Um, so I went and uh, thought I made a pretty good impression at Omaha. Spokane didn't go that well. I made the, the front page of the newspaper for getting scored on, and that was basically it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey but you Omaha, were there. You were in a headline at least. <laughs> yeah. Omaha felt pretty well, and they had a AAA program that kind of sat into the Lancers, and uh, their head coach brought me aside and said, hey, like we want you to come play for the uh, R16 team, and their 16 team was really good. Um, I think they went to the national championship the year before or something like that. And so I went in and played one game and didn't play great, but I didn't play terrible and I really didn't play again. And then I got moved up, but it was basically down to the U18 AAA team. Um, and then at one point we had like five, maybe six boys between the two teams. It was kind of ran like a junior hockey program. Um, so I ended up leaving uh, right around Thanksgiving, my parents drove down, picked me up, and I was fortunate enough to land in uh, Colorado Springs with Colorado Rampage. Finished out my second year of U16 AAA there and came back the following year playing U18 AAA. And uh, I wasn't the guy. I had a goalie partner, Jacob Weatherly, who played about 90, 95% of the games that year. And that was a really tough year. You know, you talk about what advice would you give to kids looking back I would tell myself to stick with the process and 
just to continue to work hard, especially at the very beginning, because it was really hard mentally, you know, being away from home, not being the guy, not getting the opportunities. Uh, and my coach, you know, I went to talk to him and he kind of pulled me aside and said, gee, like, you can't focus on playing games right now. You have to focus on the process and you have to focus on getting 1% better every single day. Um, as soon as I changed my mindset to that, when things started to get better, not even necessarily that I was playing more games, but I was enjoying my time at the rink. I was enjoying my time in the weight room, being around my teammates, staying out extra, uh, doing extra, extra workouts, things behind the scenes that people don't normally see. Um, but it just made my, you know, my way of living better and more positive. And then when I got the opportunities to play, because I was a positive teammate and because I worked hard, the team was that much more behind me. Uh, my nickname that year was Coach G. Uh, nice. My coaches called me Coach G. I would just be the, the most positive guy on the bench. And if I could and felt I could speak to it, I would try to help out guys, whether it be forwards or defensemen, you know, hey, maybe stand in front of the net for a screen here or do this or do that. Um, but I didn't want to be known as the backup goalie that sat on the end of the bench and was pouting because he wasn't playing. Um, and after that year, my goalie partner got drafted to the Madison Capitals and I got a camp invite. And he actually had to have hip surgery and couldn't go to camp. But I went to camp, made a great impression, made it to main camp. I think I had a shutout in the All-Star game. Um, and I went back and was training in Colorado and all the kids that had played with me and all the younger kids, you know, Jacob was better than me uh, that year. And they used to say like one good weekend, yeah. uh, like you're kind of, you're going to get cut. Cause we would go back for the 30 man. Um, and the other kid was, I guess, was telling people that he was going to take my spot. Well, I ended up going to Madison and I was supposed to play 10 to 15 games, played 33 halfway through the year. I committed to UMass Bowl. Uh, and that summer I got drafted to Anaheim. So it was kind of a, a crazy wow. turn in you know, six to 12 months, a crazy turnaround from being a backup U18 AAA to splitting time with a, a guy in the USHL to committing to a very good uh, college, especially for goalies, and then uh, eventually getting drafted. So it was crazy. Wow. That's quite a year. Dude, talk <laughs> about being a grinder, Garrett. You're sitting there as the, the second guy thinking, like, how can I just keep developing myself as an athlete, as a player, as a as a person, individual, and then all in – you know, a year time frame, you're getting the starting spot. You're going and playing with uh, in the tier one juniors in Madison, and then you're committing and and getting drafted. All that's that's pretty nuts. That's got to feel like just that, yeah, that full circle moment. Like hard work pays off. Just kind of moment. That's yeah, cool. A hundred percent. And it was funny because that was the only camp I went to. You know, there's a lot of guys that are like, I'm going to go to four uh, North American Hockey League camps and four USHL camps and no disrespect, but a lot of those camps are money makers. Yeah, um, they bring in. You know, so I've seen some North American league camps. I'm not even joking you. There's probably forty to sixty goalies, <laughs> and <laughs> half of them are a day. So it's like, what are you doing? So me, and my my dad talked about it. We said this is the only camp we're going to go to this summer, and uh, hopefully make a name for yourself, and we'll see what happens next year. And I fully planned on going back to Colorado and playing my second year of 18 AAA. Uh, with the rampage and kind of being that go-to guy uh, my coach said that I was going to be a captain and uh, everything just kind of worked out and all the stars fell in line and I think that's what happens when uh, opportunity meets preparation or preparation meets opportunity um, and then you're ready for whatever 
God has set out for you. Um, I think that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, and it all is, you know, within his timing and what he wants. And it's really out of our control. At the end of the day, the only thing you can control is your attitude and your effort. I like that mentality. That's kind of one of the things that I, you know, tell, I coach, you know, youth hockey, it's squirts, but, you know, I always tell them like, hey, you know, what's happened is happened. We can't change the past. You know, we can only change, you know, our attitude and what what we, you know, go, do going forward. So I like that mentality you got. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I think that's good to preach for, for younger kids too. And it's, it's really hard to wrap their mind around that, uh, the attitude and the effort and then like the process, because I think especially as younger kids, uh, you want results right away. Uh, right. Unfortunately, they don't, they don't come. Um, sometimes you work for something for, you know, a week and then you get it. Sometimes it's months, sometimes it's years in the making. You really don't know when the breakthrough is going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, you got to stay diligent. You got to find, you know, the little wins and the reason to pick yourself up and keep going and, and understanding that process. And I mean, yeah, thinking about it, it's pretty crazy. Who, who knows? I mean, if you don't go to that one junior camp, you know, and, and get your shot and be ready for your shot, maybe maybe you're not drafted, maybe you're you're not committed right away, you know, to a college and you're still grinding your way out right now. It's, I mean, who knows what could have happened, but that's, yeah, that's quite the moment, and that's awesome that you stayed, you know, faithful to yourself and, uh, you know, faithful to, to God and knowing what opportunity, the opportunity will present itself, and when it does, you're going to be, you know, as hungry as you always have been and, and capitalize. Yeah. And if you want to take it a couple steps further or, or back, I guess, before I went to Omaha, I was between the, uh, Cedar Rapids Rough Riders, which is in Colorado, okay, or yeah. Omaha. The Rampage were never even on, on the map. Uh, <laughs> nice. They didn't really reach out to me or whatever. So if I would have gone to Cedar Rapids in Colorado, like, what would my path have been? Yeah. But instead, I go to Omaha, essentially kind of get cut, decide to leave. Then I end up in Colorado, the Rampage, which is probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Mentally, uh, was able to mature what the Rampage have done and continually do for me. Like, I can't say enough good things about that program. Uh, but again, like taking a step back, if I hadn't gone to Omaha, I don't know that I would be here today. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's definitely like the uh, that opportunity of it presented itself because you went to Oman and then it didn't work out and uh, it's kind of funny you say that my little brother is is going through some similar development with as you he played for the uh, Coyotes junior program out in Arizona was playing AAA out there and then some politics got in the way of him making the team his uh, set first Bantam year and so he played the Bobcats and they didn't have a great season either and there was let's just kind of a lot of drama and he got out of Arizona and ended up playing well his dad helped him send him to some of those USHL camps some of the ones that are money makers but they went out and network why they did it and he went to uh, York Pennsylvania and played for the Skipjack Academy and I mean he's really transitioned as a as a I mean he's a first year panel this year actually sorry he's a peewee lad but yeah he he's really like changed his game and transformed into a much better player and a much more developed talent and I think he's just got a lot better mindset and he's just you know, getting out of Arizona at that right at that time happened to be a right thing for him to do, and I think he's in a much more advantageous spot moving forward to decide yeah, his own destiny. Yeah, hundred percent. And not only that too, I think that uh, a lot of people, especially in, in that in that time, that AAA stage, U fourteen, U sixteen, U eighteen, even now, like I have friends that struggle with it. We always try to compare ourselves to others and other people's journeys, 
But if you look at the path that everybody's taken, it's so different. Like, look at Kale McCarr. Like, he played in the, the AJHL, I'm pretty sure. Um, didn't play in the USHL. Didn't play in the North American League. Uh, went to UMass Amherst, tore it up, and now is an unbelievable defenseman in the, the National Hockey League. Like, yeah. everybody thinks you have to play in the USHL or you have to play AAA hockey or you have to do this, you have to do that. You don't have to. You don't have to be cookie cutter. No one's story is going to be cookie cutter. If you do, that's great. You're probably going to be a first first round draft pick. But for the rest of us normal people in the world that aren't that skilled and aren't able to do that, <laughs> like, you're gonna you're gonna face some rocky roads in your career, and you have to you have to decide for yourself if it's worth continuing to pursue, um, or if you want to give up on it. And it's it's funny too, like. I know I, I may sound like I have a lot of knowledge now, but I, it's taken me a long time to figure this stuff out. Like I didn't figure out until my junior year in, in, in college, like I really have to show up every day and give an honest effort in practice and in the weight room. Like there'd be days I didn't have it. And I was like, I don't feel like trying hard today. Um, but you kind of fight through it and continue to do it. But once you learn to realize like hockey doesn't define you as a person, and hockey is more there to teach you life lessons that other things wouldn't teach you. Like, it's insane. And then you take hockey for more than what it is. Like, it's not just the sport. It's the relationships. It's the friendships. It's the adversity that it throws your way. Because when you do get to the real world, you're more prepared than the average Joe to be able to handle those situations. And you can stay calmer. Or if you have kids, when they go through some shit, like, you have the knowledge and the know-how to be like, everything's going to work out or, you know, give them some guidance and direction. You know, that's awesome that you say that because we all, we all play hockey and we all say that it is more than a game. You know, it's, 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 it's a way of life and that really breaks it down into some, you know, hardcore facts right there. So I appreciate that take on that. Yeah. And yeah. dude, I, I was just going to like, I wanted to like say real quick with, with the way, how well-spoken you are in this wisdom, Garrett, whenever that career does, <laughs> whenever you're hanging those gates up, even if you really decide to become Coach G, you know, for real, you sound ready for that, man. You you have a lot of wisdom up there, and it's, it's pretty cool that you're able to realize these life lessons coming out of the sport that you love and play. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I've talked about uh, potentially getting back into it in coaching. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the patience. I don't know if it's because I've, played at a high level but if I did yeah. coach I would have to coach at a high level like junior hockey college professionally uh I helped my dad at his summer camps but and I, I maybe as I get older I'll be able to take a load off but you know I I see my my younger self and some of these younger kids and you know the fat lazy Garrett that didn't want to try <laughs> hard and it's like you want to grab them and just like shake their head like you have no idea wasting your time and wasting your parents money like you guys can learn so much from this but no, I was going to say not not all of us are fortunate enough to win a bunch of championships. So kudos to you, whether it's your league or not. Like <laughs> you'll remember those. But it's funny because you know, as a senior this year, telling the underclassmen like your four years go by like this, and unless you win championships uh, or have a successful year, you win a conference championship, whatever it is, like you don't really remember the wins and the losses. You remember the time spent in the locker room with the guys. You remember the road trips. You remember going out. Like That's the stuff that you'll remember. You're not going to remember the wins and losses. And going through it, yeah, it sucks. Like, you'd rather be winning than losing. 
but it's those experiences uh, that at the end of the day, you'll take with you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Did you, uh, did you have any tournament uh, appearances when you were in college in the years? Yeah, so my freshman year, we won a hockey's championship. Uh, there was four goalies on the team. I'll never forget it. I was uh, I was in the stands and we were playing at TD Garden where the Boston Bruins play, and uh, we beat Notre Dame in the championship. And you know, uh, I have nothing but good things to say about UMass Bowl. Unfortunately, I think I butted heads a little bit with the coaching staff, and I didn't feel like I was treated great. That's why I decided to leave. But my teammates, man, like I love those guys to death. They were such great guys. So such hardworking. Uh, people and they held themselves and each other accountable and uh, I think that's why we were such a special group that year and we were fortunate enough to win a hockey's championship and then we lost in the regional final actually to Notre Dame who we beat in the hockey's <laughs> championship so that kind of sucked and then um, wow, yeah. my redshirt year my redshirt year at Mercier's we won a regular season championship nice yeah in that what, what is that division that uh, for, for Atlantic Atlantic, yeah. Good for you. So, I mean, you got to experience some being on the top end of, you know, the, the league and, and your level of play and the college level. So, that's cool. You got to leave with some of those experiences. And then that sets you up well to, yeah, go be a leader on a first-year team in a program like LIU and, you know, knowing, you know, how to face the adversity and how to make it through an entire season and then also being able to mentor the next group of guys. Like, hey, like – just enjoy this, you know, whether it's a struggle, whether it's uh, the winds are plentiful because it's going to go by like that, but, you know, you're better off being here than not playing hockey. Yeah, uh, a thousand percent. And, I mean, you don't even have to attest that to, like, freshman in college. You can just attest that to anything in life. Like, as you guys yeah. know, as we get older, like, time goes by so much faster. So um, if there's something that you want to do and uh, you're dedicated to it, like, put the time in every single day because I'd rather do that and, and have zero regrets. If it doesn't work out, then take a couple of days off here and there and look back and be like, man, like I could have worked harder. And what if, like maybe it would have worked out. Whereas if I give my absolute best every single day, every time that I'm on the ice, every time I'm in the weight room, whatever it is. And it, you know, things don't work out how I want it to, I'll be able to look back and look myself in the mirror and say, I gave it everything I had. This just wasn't for me. Yeah, and I was I was talking with my coaching partner the other day and how, you know, all of us older guys, you know, playing beer league and stuff, the, the one thing that we wish we could go do is, you know, go back and play youth hockey, you know, and just give it a oh, little yeah. bit more. You know, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you, you know, played juniors, you know, you, you played tier one, you know, you played NCAA you always want to know that you could, you know, you always think I could have done a little bit better, you know? And so like your story about being a backup goalie, you know, and just working hard is a testament to that, you know, the trusting the process and really putting in the time and the work and, you know, not leaving anything on the table. Yeah. And I like that you guys do this. Um, I don't know if you know, but I do, I have a podcast too. It's called adversity university. No way. So we interview, we interview highly successful athletes or basically anybody that has reached the peak of their profession on the obstacles that they have had to overcome to get there. Because if you look in today's day and age, I think it's kind of bullshit. Like Instagram is so, you know, sugar coated and it's the oh, best yeah. times of everybody's lives and what they do. Like nobody's talking about how 
I didn't, I didn't post on there how I got cut from the Southern Professional Hockey League or <laughs> that I was a backup goalie in my U18 AAA. You're like, you don't see the dog shit days that people go through to like get to those higher times. And like I said, there are some people, Austin Matthews, that probably really hasn't had to face a whole lot of adversity as far as like his hockey career. But I'm sure maybe, maybe he's gone through some things mentally. Um, maybe he suffers from anxiety or depression or, you know, things that we don't see. So for us, um, the biggest thing with that, sorry to go off on a tangent here, but um, is to hopefully, for people that are listening, gain the knowledge without having to go through the experience. So when they do get there, or maybe they're going through a similar experience, they have a little bit of like know-how of like, one, someone else has gone through a similar situation and they've made it out on top. And two, hopefully they gain a little bit of, of advice on how to get through that tough time, whatever it is. Yeah, that's that's totally awesome. And you said that's adversity university. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I really I'm gonna check it out now because I mean my my wife I don't know if you saw her there, she's a paraplegic, whatever, and she definitely is one of those people that like you know, a lot of people see her life and kind of forget that she's in a wheelchair and, you know, and she doesn't like to, like, present herself as someone in a wheelchair and she is really good at, you know, telling people, like, there's always someone out there that's got it worse than you and, you know, don't worry about, you know, your struggle struggles so much, you know, you just got to push through them and, you know, we all have our bad days, we all have our ugly sides of our lives, but, you know, and so you never know what someone else is going through and I think that's a... I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and sometimes, you know, it does bite you, but I'd rather give someone the benefit of the doubt than, you know, give them a hard time that they didn't deserve. 100% and hats off to your wife for having that mindset. Um, obviously not in that situation, but I think that, you know, whatever you're faced with, one, God put you there for a reason, and uh, it was a quote I saw, but uh, he gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Um but for her to have that outlook probably makes life a lot more positive too. I think when we kind of sulk and sit in the negative light, it, it makes life a lot harder and, and not as easy. So good for her to have that great outlook. And, uh, you know, that's, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And yeah, speaking of these adverse times and, uh, you know, God placing in situations, I mean, just thinking about our friendship, I was actually, uh, had to drop out of college after my sophomore year, like failed some classes, didn't know what I was doing. And, uh, I was pretty down in the dumps for a little while there, and uh, that's why I picked up a job at the Acord as a part-time job, and I was working another full-time job at a call center, just hating life, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And uh, But I ended up working sled hockey nights, and it was it was a blast, and that is how I met Nick, actually. <laughs> His wife, you know, want, and him found out about sled hockey at Acords, you know, Wednesday nights, and just came out for, for the hell of, you know, to get on the ice, and she's a hockey fan, and, dude, I mean, now it's, We've like had such a great friendship since then, and I'm like super thankful, <laughs> dude, that uh, you know I happened to be there working that night, and you know we met through that program, and now you know running the podcast. We got <laughs> local Garrett, you know, who's yeah. lived the adversity and now has a podcast about it. It's it's pretty neat how life works. Crazy how uh, you know God puts people in your life at certain times, especially like at the most unexpected times. Like you probably wouldn't look back and be like. I'm going to meet one of my good friends and we're going to start a podcast because I, you know, started working at rink because I dropped out of college. Like, yeah, you know, like you would never be able to predict stuff like that. Yeah. That's no. totally awesome. You know, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, that's why you should always, you know, keep your eyes open and, 
you know, accept anybody and everything that comes into your life. And I really think that everything you've said on here is just a testament to a lot of those positive, you know, ways of life, living life. And I, I appreciate, you know, your insights on all that. And that's awesome to hear. Yeah, of course. And like I said, if, you know, to anybody that listens, if I can help one person, um, obviously if I can help more, that's great. But, you know, the young hockey player out there or, you know, young baseball player, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what occupation is. It's all relevant. Um, if I could help one of those people and uh, hopefully pursuing their dreams, then uh, I think I've done a good job. That's awesome. I mean, I think you've done a good job, you know, showing some Utah, you know, youth hockey players that, hey, work hard and you can make it to the pros. So, you know, hopefully we're bringing a Kelly Cup championship back to Utah, too. I mean, it's been hey. a, it's been 25 years since Grizzlies have won a championship. You guys so. are in the mix. <laughs> You're in the fourth spot. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we've got a good group, too. So hopefully we can uh, keep things rolling after this last good week here. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll stay tuned in and uh, look forward to watching you get more games and uh, watching the Grizzly success on the ice. And uh, hey, real quick before you know, we let you go, and I you know talking about your dad, Steve, and uh, and you know I worked with your brother Skyler for a little while. How are your dad and your brother doing? What are they up to these days? Cool. So my dad's doing really well. My dad's an interesting guy, as I mentioned earlier. He refed uh, pro hockey for twenty nine years, twenty six years, excuse me. Um, and he's worked with the state in and off and worked at the Oval for a little bit running the rink, but he's actually currently on, he's a special agent on the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force for the Attorney General's Office of Utah. Dude, that's awesome. Basically getting uh, pedophiles and child molesters off the street, uh, which is kind of a gruesome job for him, um, but he knows that he's making the world and, and the state of Utah a better place. Um, so he continues to do it. And then um, Skyler's doing very well. He's currently living in Las Vegas. Um, he ran into a little bit of trouble that ended him there. And uh, he's been down there for close to two years now. Um, he's been sober, uh, worked at uh, the Americana restaurant. He used to be a chef. Okay. And now he's a, a waiter. But he's doing unbelievably well. Couldn't be more proud of him. He's actually coming up here. I think he said April 11th. Um, so I haven't seen him for like it's been like over a year. So I'm really excited to see him, and we Facetime and talk all the time. But he's busy, and I'm busy, so it's going to be good to be able to see him in person. That's awesome. That's that's cool. Yeah, I do remember you know Skyler being a very talented and skilled athlete, but uh, always knowing how to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Skyler, <laughs> Skyler likes to have a good time. <laughs> I think he struggled with finding a balance of having a good time and working hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, he's, he's been doing really well and we're, we're all really proud of him. Yeah. Good for him. That's, that's cool to hear, man. Got anything well, else, Nick? No, nah, that's it. I mean, this has been an awesome talk. We appreciate your insights on everything and, you know, even, you know, these, you know, off ice issues that we've, we've kind of brought up and, you know, that's awesome. And your podcast and definitely, you know, everyone go listen to that podcast if you're, you know, dealing with anything or you just, you know, it's probably got a lot of really just good advice. So Adversity University. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man, yeah, talking about, yeah, adversity and you really grinding, man. Just being able to talk to somebody who speaks it, who preaches it, and not only, and also walks the walk and has lived it, man. Being able to, to share, have a good conversation with you today has been, you know, a real awesome experience. So thanks again for coming on. 
Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. It's great catching up with you, Mason. Obviously, you know, you grew up with my brother and you've been around in my younger life, so it's good to be able to see you again. And I'm glad that you guys are doing really well. Uh, and, you know, meeting you at the, at the game the other day and uh, obviously getting a little bit more insight on your life and, and your wife and your children has, has been a blessing, and I can't thank you guys enough. Nice. So one last story. What's your greatest hockey career like moment you've had? Oh, that's tough. Um, I don't know. It's really hard to say. Like you kind of have to take things for what they are as you go along with them. Right. Because, you know, like now in my process and where I am, like playing my first pro game was obviously the greatest experience, but back then it was playing my first USHL game or getting my first USHL win. And then, Obviously, the draft was super cool. Uh, playing my first college game, <laughs> getting my first college win. Uh, so there's been a lot along the way. Um, but I would say, yeah, for for now, as of to date, it would probably be Sunday night um, playing in my first professional game, and then to be able to win it was even better. To be able <laughs> to be at home where I grew up, like that, just adds on. But just to be able to play my first professional game was super cool. Well, that's awesome. It's good to hear. And, you know, maybe you, you know, just enjoy the moment as it's happening and, you know, live in the moment. So, yeah, yep, dude. Exactly. Getting the first start, the dub, and skating around as the first start of the game. <laughs> you know, just icing on the cake, man. <laughs> it, was, yeah, it, was, it was an awesome day. All right, Garrett, we've, we've taken enough of your time. We appreciate you coming on here and, you know, giving us your insight. And have a great rest of the night. What a great interview that was. Yeah. Garrett Metcalf is like beyond his years and wisdom. Beyond my years and wisdom. Oh, yeah, way beyond me it too. Was, it was, that was a level that I did not expect to go to, but we're all better for it. Exactly. It was a great conversation. That was probably one of my favorite interviews we've ever done just because it, it went off the rails in a great way. It was probably the most applicable hockey conversation I've ever had, like applicable to life. Yeah. And, you know, it, we got a little spiritual with it. We talked about, you know, reality and like real life challenges and how hockey applies. And that it was a really great flow. Well, and that's what hockey really is doing for all of us is making us better people. Yeah, exactly. Teaching you how to deal with some adversity, um, you know, get to get, get to know yourself a little better, better and see how you respond to situations. And definitely showing those kids that, hey, hard work. Even when you don't think it's, you know, being noticed, like it's going to pay off one way or another. Hard work is never going to go unnoticed. Yeah. If you're struggling, if you're like the, you know, not quite making the lineup or you're the backup tendee or you're not dressing, dude, listen to this story. The Garrett, the grinder, you know, know, listen to what he went through and how it worked out for him. You never know when you're going to get your shot, but being ready for your shot is just as important you know is i think it's probably the most important yeah thing, is being ready when you do have that chance you know and especially for a goaltender like because you watch the nhl so many times that like they got to call up a guy i mean jordan bennington for a cent yeah you know, just got to call up you know the team wasn't you know playing great so it's like eh, okay we'll call this guy up and boom stanley cup champs yeah and now he's rocking that top spot yeah, so you never know. Um, definitely kids keep working, you know, or adults keep working, you know. Yeah. It, I think it applies to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Whether I mean, whether you're trying to make it still or you're, you're coaching, you know, you can learn some stuff from this or you're, yeah, playing in your own beer league, you know, and just 
dealing with the adversity and dealing with other players, man. There's some <laughs> yeah. good insights. Yeah, so definitely check out his podcast also, Adversity University. Yeah, they got some huge names. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I was blown away. Nonchalant just starts reading off NHL players. <laughs> He's got, like, special forces and oh, army yeah. rangers on there, and you're like, oh, what? Yeah, This it, is not just, a, like, a little side hustle podcast you got going, man. This, yeah, this is nice. So check out his podcast. Definitely a really cool podcast. Yeah. And uh, also hopefully see, you know, him back in action in the Grizzlies. Hopefully here soon. And, you know, you can get your tickets by calling 801-988-8000 or at utahgrizzlies.com. Or you can, you know, watch the game on Flow Hockey TV or listen to it on Mixler. Yeah. And... But I would get to the game. It was, it's a blast. It's like, a fun time. We went to that game last weekend, me and you, and... I've been craving some more. Ah, oh, dude, I can't wait to get back, so... And the capacity's up to 1,800, so... Yeah. Let's let's pack the house, so to say. Pack it as much as... <laughs> it was almost, like, nicer, because, like, you know how we've talked about this when you, like, you have either an opportunity to go pee or, or get food during the periods, but not both. Yeah, you, yeah. you have the opportunity to do both right you now. You can, dude. I've, I've you have gone, more than enough time. Dude, I, I was able to pee, I think, between whistles. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can pop out, and, like, there was a, still a beer cart at almost every other, yeah. every entrance. You know, you can pop out and get one of those if you want. I mean, it is $9.25 beer night, but, you know, hey, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sports, hey, you know what? so what do you expect? It's worth not waiting in line for 9 minutes and 25 seconds. So. It Indeed. Indeed. I'd rather get a $9 beer than wait for 9 minutes for... <laughs> And nine you know, minutes would be generous beer. on a normal night, you know. Yeah. So definitely a great time to be watching some grizzly hockey in, in person because, you know, those I mean, there's enough people there to make it seem fun. It's loud, you know, yeah. like when they score. So you're getting that aspect of it. You're in the live aspect, you know, it's good hockey, it's fast, like yeah. we've talked like, ECHL is dude, really fast this year. Oh man, ECHL is legit this year. Like it's so fun to watch and like it like I said, it's anybody's game any night. Yeah. So one of the blessings to come out of the pandemic is ECHL hockey. Like the teams <laughs> that made it back to the ice this season. Yeah. Like we have been able to see a show. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun and in every game is competitive. Yeah. So maybe pick up that grizzly pack. You yeah. Know, three tickets, bobblehead, blanket, tote First, bag, 48 bucks. Dude, can't beat it. First game, April 17th, I believe, April is when 17th, they're back. Yeah. yeah yep. Saturday night, then. Or go to utahgrizzlies.com slash DCYHA. Ooh, you know, yeah. Give, give a little bit to the youth hockey and, you know, get some cheaper Grizzly tickets. So that DC win franchise, you know, good kids too. And they had a blast at the game a couple, like a <laughs> week ago when we were oh, there. Yeah. That DC win hockey night, man, yeah. that section was getting tear, torn up. It was fun. There was hockey card trading going on. There was people running up and down, you know, everyone was friends, yeah. you know. So awesome. Get yourself to a Grizzly game and enjoy some hockey. And let's talk some, uh, NHL hockey. Yeah, the big leaguers, huh? NHL, it's been fun. It's it's been uh it's a it's getting competitive, you know. So, you know, see the the standings change by one or two teams, yeah. you know, each week, you know, everybody's fighting and the trade deadline next Monday. Yeah, it's so coming up. it's coming up. You're gonna see some names getting dropped, you know. Haven't seen I haven't seen really any dominoes really falling yet, so No, I mean, but I did see it uh Eric Stahl going to make the debut tonight, right? Yeah, he's he's probably playing right now. As we speak. We should have got the TV on. We could have been yeah. watching. I saw him warming up. So, Eric Stahl in a Habs uniform. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I mean, 
I really root for him when he played for Caroline, and then he's kind of been pigeon tossing all around the league. So yeah, I mean, it was, I think once you get three teams under your belt, it's like eh, whatever. Yeah, you no, know, they're just journeymen. <laughs> late thirties. It was fun to see him get what he had like a forty-five goal season a couple of years ago in Minnesota, yeah. and you're like, wow, Eric Stahl still killing it, still killing it. So it'd be good to see him play, and I think you know, I mean, I mean, we got a lot of good hockey going on. Speaking of his old team, Carolina. They're claiming they're, that they're reaching out, you know, staying in contact with everybody over the next week. So it'll be interesting to see if they make another splash. Like when they got three big names last year. And yeah, then, they're definitely, I think, I think active teams. I mean, I think Carolina is going to be active. They're that team that I think they want it so bad. They're, they're and they've close. been so close that they're going to be, you know, diving deep. I think the Canadians are going to be, you know, just because, they want to be in that mix, and they realize that hey, it's anybody's game. It's playoff hockey, so yeah. If they can just get into the mix, you they know, got Carey Price in that, so yeah. So yeah, I they think they're definitely going to be, you know, picking up some people. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think you're right, but uh, yeah. So it'll be it'll be fun to see what happens, but uh, you know, in the we'll start, you know, in the East. Yeah. Um, Capitals still staying consistent up there, fifty four points in first place. What a crazy game though yesterday. The big eight, they got, was it yesterday they swept? They got all eight games against New Jersey. Yeah. And then it was the big eight, Ovi, that scored the game-winning yeah, yeah. overtime goal. He, he's got New Jersey's number. Right, yeah. And and that's that's pretty cool. That was the first time they've ever achieved. I mean, that usually you don't play a team eight times in a season, but <laughs> they've never you know, beat a team all eight times they played them in the season. And, yeah. Um, but what, what a cool record and uh, – you know, cool for number eight to, to get that for him. Yeah, that was definitely an awesome game on Sunday. So, and then the Islanders are right behind him with 52 points. Matthew Barzell definitely just, you know, tearing it up yeah. still. What do you got first tied for first star of the week with yeah. that uh, South Shore University Hospital RN, Kelly McLaughlin? That's a Kelly cool story. McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, you know it's cool when you see the the home to the heroes like that on the on the front lines, kind of yeah, making these headlines. I think, I think it's so. cool that, that they've been doing that all season long and kind of recognizing them. Yeah, what they're doing. New York had a, a lot to deal with with COVID too. So yeah, so definitely awesome. I mean, they do it from everywhere. I've seen them, you know, from Florida and stuff. So it's just cool to see you mm-hmm. know a little bit of recognition where they can. You know, why not? Yeah. So, and then behind them, you got the Pens. Pens. Did you see the other day when there was 50, 50, 50? Weren't they all three of them at 50 points? Oh, oh, and, oh, in the in the top three? Yeah. I didn't catch that. That makes sense because they're all around, what, Penguins are 50 right now, Islands are 52, and Caps are 54, so. Yeah. That would make sense for them Maybe all. Maybe it was the 52, 50, 50, but, like, it was within, like, two points that everybody was, so. It's been very back and forth up there at the top three seeds of the East, and they're starting to pull away. Yeah, and really the, really the, the races is becoming – it's the point of the season where it's becoming that last spot is really what the race is for. Yeah. Or who's going to get first, who's going to get second or third. Mm. So, and second and third, it's like, eh, you're going to play each other, whether it's at their home or your home. Yeah. So it's really for home ice, but yeah, definitely that fourth spot in every division is kind of heating up on who's going to make it in, who's going to make it out. So here it's Philly, Boston, which they're playing tonight. And yeah. Philly's got to make it. You know they got to pick up. They got to <laughs> stop being Philly, man. They're just <laughs> like the goal, the get it, the goaltending situation figured out and stay consistent. At 
their blue line, I would, you know, not, I wouldn't be surprised if they make some changes or make some uh, splashes. Yeah, they're definitely like, hey, are we going to be in this or are we, you know, yeah. are we building for the future? But I feel like Philly's been in that position a lot. So if I'm them, like, why not go for it? I honestly think if you're any NHL team, NHL team, and you're not going for it when you're like that close, like, come on. That's yeah. what sports is for. It's it's such a, I feel like it's such a long process in that to rebuild to an NHL. I mean, because you can't win with just two guys in the NHL, you know, three guys. Like, you need to have three, four lines of forwards, you know, that are like, that's a good top six. Yeah. And then a, a bottom six is not a liability that will get you some points. And it still has a lot of energy, you know, like, really that third line can be a, such a huge deal. Like, when the Penguins won the cup, the first, the back to back, that HBK line. Yeah. The most exciting line in the NHL, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I, it just would be exhausting to – I think I, I got to mad it's exhausting to think, like, we're starting the rebuild, you know, like yeah. in five to well, ten years maybe. We'll and the, and the Penguins, you thought they might be doing that, but, hey, they're in the mix. Yeah, Crosby, I think, sitting number eight in scoring right now. And I can know? imagine – yeah, I can imagine Crosby, like – like close the door, like you know, one uh, one day after practice, like all right, motherfuckers. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm no, I'm in my 30s now. I'm not Sid the kid anymore, but I'm still trying to win here. Yeah, and he just ruined them all, new one, and Malkin, you know, yeah, man, three year super league, <laughs> uh, three year super league. I'll, I'll be back on the ice. Don't worry, you know. I, Malkin is he's, he can be a huge difference maker, but he is he's had a tough time staying on the ice the last yeah. few seasons. Yeah, so. Um. Yeah. So definitely heating up. You know, but that race between Boston and Philly, and I really hope Philly pulls it out and Boston doesn't make the playoffs. But me too. If I'm a betting man, I'm saying Boston makes it in just because it's the Bruins. Yeah. And they seem to, you know, always just they pull together. They got some good veterans out there. I mean, as much as I don't like them, at Marchand, you know, and Bergeron, and Bergeron, and 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 Pasternak, just. As much as I don't like to see him score as much as he does, dude, he's a good dude, and he's a fun yeah. guy to watch. And I I can't believe how many hat tricks he scores. I know. It's it like, seems like when he's hot and he's on, he's on all night. He had the late start, and he's still all, he's back up there in goals. And it's just yeah. like for the years to come, it's got, you know, it's going to be fun to see some of those battles between Pasta and Matthews. Yeah. You know, as they take over the reins as the top goal scorers. Yeah. And I mean, McDavid, he's in the mix, but he's not really, he kind of like evens it out. He's kind of like Crosby, where he's, you know, he's. You always think of him as such a playmaker, right? Yeah. I mean, he really can do everything. And it's, it almost looks unfair how easy he makes it look sometimes. Yeah. And he definitely, I think, or getting off, you know, the mass mutual east here, but, you know, McDavid, he definitely knows how to pull. He's kind of like that kid where it pulls everybody, you know, in, and then he dishes the puck to the open guy. So. I like to watch, you know, that happen, and he definitely, it's like anybody who's on his line is, they're getting a couple points every night, whether he's scoring or they're scoring, so. Definitely gets some plus, at least. (laughs) Yeah, so hopefully uh, Philly turns something around and they get something working. And Four points behind the Bruins, and, uh, you know, Marchand had the third third star of the week, you know, with that five goal, two assists, seven point week, and those three games last week, you know, and that crazy hat trick in that big seven to five went over Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I'd love to, I would like to see a, an all blue, black and gold, you know, playoff showdown between Pittsburgh and Boston. Dude, that'd be fun. I, it's been great. Yeah. Now that penguins are back to just wa- rocking the black and gold, you know, they had the, 
the weird, the shiny gold trim for a while. <laughs> it was, yeah, you know. I, you know, they, they, they did the reverse retros and like Pittsburgh is just, it just says oh, Pittsburgh dude. in the letters. But if they would have brought back like the flying penguin. With the, with the gold on it? With or? The, yeah, with the triangle penguin, like yeah. the Mario, you know, rock. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most of those years. That would have been fun to see. Actually. I think yeah. that one, I think they, they dropped the ball on the reverse retros. Yeah. Definitely would have been cool to bring back the flying penguin. I will say, yeah, like I like the Pittsburgh down the diagonal, but uh, yeah, that flying penguin, that's a classic logo. That yeah. 90s logo. You so. just can see the mullets when you look at that yeah, flying like, penguin. Yeah, like it makes everybody want to grow that yeah. Yager mullet. <laughs> so let's get the mullet back, you know? Yeah. 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 So, all right. You want to jump over to Discover Card Central? Yeah. And hey, Florida shooting up to the top. Dude, Florida is the number one team in the NHL by points. I, I mean, I know they got a couple time. more. I know they played a couple more games than you know some teams, but I don't remember the last time we said this. You know, like last time Florida was number one in the in the whole league. Never. Is that the first time ever? I don't know. I, I feel mean, like, like it what, does like, sound pretty groundbreaking. Maybe like there was a day in the season where like they yeah. were the first team to play. Wasn't very long lived or something, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, they they got two the points. First early. win of the season. Of they anybody. had like more goals than the next team, so they ended up getting first place. But it yeah. doesn't. It, it hasn't happened many no. times since they've been in the league. So. And yeah, well, they're on six game winning streak right now. Yeah. And they you know capped it off with a, a big win on was a Sunday. Yep. Convincing fashion, and it, the, the article about that one said it was a passionate home crowd too. You know, and you're like, man, they're winning, and they got a passionate home crowd in Florida. <laughs> like, watch out! Yeah, they they don't know what to do when they get fans in the stands. <laughs> I mean, it's COVID the times. Hearing, they're probably like, dude, the house is packed. <laughs> yeah, bro, I might need the earplugs tonight. You know? <laughs> Eighteen hundred fans roaring, roaring. Stadium seats, 18,000 fans. <laughs> yeah, and then we see that. Go out, it's like 10% of the stadium. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, think I, think I think they're actually a little bit more than that. But So, good yeah. on the Florida Panthers. I like watching them. I think they have a fun team. I mean, Ekblad went down with that, you know, knee yeah, injury. Yeah, it was Ekblad Honda got the injury. And he was having the Venza, you know. Or not a Venza. The Vesna. Uh, yeah, Norris, Norris, Norris. No, Norris. Season. Yeah, Vesna's goalie, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A Norris Trophy winning season, like he was looking so good, and it's just an awkward fall, and it's totally unfortunate for Ekblad. But hey, they're—I think they're going to be a team that's going to be active at the trade deadline. Yeah, because, dude, why not? You haven't won good. a playoff series since '96. Get bring Trotrek back. What do you got to do? You know, <laughs> I don't <laughs> know if really Carolina is going to give. No, they—they they that love was one too of the much. worst moves by Florida. If they would think after they had a him lot right of now. a lot of bad moves, dude. Imagine yeah. if Florida had Trocheck. And March Assault and Riley. Oh, man. Three We're, players, they really just, like, pigeon-tossed to yeah. the wind. Like, we don't want you. To go with Huberdu and Barkov right now? Oh, my gosh. Dude, they would be their a top powerhouse. Six. Like, that would be unreal. Like, all, all-star caliber players, five of their top six right there. Yeah, so um, look for big things to happen from Florida. I mean, hopefully they can hold on to that number one spot. And we would all love to see, you know. Uh, Florida Tampa battle in the playoffs. Ooh, I, I I hope that's the the second round of the playoffs. You know. Oh yeah, one of the Florida teams getting in. So, but uh, and then behind Florida, what is it? Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay is right behind. I mean, they're right behind them, really. So they say pretty two steady. points behind. Did you see yesterday? They got was the first loss at home to 
uh, Dude, Detroit, Detroit in like 10 seasons. Dude, they killed them. There it was, was a, 4 nothing yeah. Right before the end of the second period, like Detroit scored three out of the four shots. Like, yeah. It was, they had, I think, four goals on 12 shots or something like that. It was they, they didn't pull the goalie. That Chris Gibson, they gave him a shot. He hadn't started a game in like two years. He played mostly in the A. It wasn't his night. Yeah. And old, old Phil, he always texts me about, uh, he calls him John Pooper. He hates does he, John Cooper. Does he hate John Cooper? <laughs> and he's always just giving me trash on him and how he sucks as a coach. And I like John Cooper. I, I hope think. Yeah, like I've always thought he's a pretty respectable guy. He's got like a law degree too. It's yeah. like, you know, he's done very well for himself and he coached, you know, in the USHL. Like last year he was Anders Lee's coach, you know, when they were in the USHL and they were going up against each other, the Islanders and yeah. Lightning. That was pretty fun, but. So, yeah, I like John Cooper because he's one of those coaches who's made his way literally from the very bottom to the yeah. top. So, And I think he's a smart guy, and he doesn't ever look like he lets anything really get, you know, too too deep on him. You know, he he's mm-hmm. brushes it off pretty well. You, you know what he reminds but, me of? Who? I always see Michael Keaton, Batman, you know. Dude! I think they look so yeah. much alike. <laughs> we get Michael Keaton to <laughs> or play like Jack John Frost. Yeah. He has that is exactly John Cooper and Jack Frost too. <laughs> yeah. Every time I look at him, I'm like, I just think Michael Keaton and Hillary's all like my wife's always like, no, not even. And I'm like, how do you don't see it? How do you not see it? Dude, John Cooper, like it's a second intermission, lightning are down by three. You know, it's a big game, playoff game. John Cooper comes in. Grabs a stick, slaps the, you know, slams it on the whiteboard. You want to see nuts? Let's get yeah. nuts. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's my favorite Michael Keaton sight. <laughs> you know, scene from Batman. Dude. You want to see nuts? Let's get nuts. Let's get nuts. They should do just do that just because, you know. That would be great would that awesome. be to have a clip like that all season, you know. <laughs> John Cooper. That would be freaking awesome. That would make my day. Yeah. And, but, uh. Tampa followed by Carolina. Yeah. Yep. Just one point I mean, behind them. I mean, that's another, like, the East is within two points of the top three. And then you got the Central two points with, you Same know, deal. It's, I guess it's three points, top three. So, yeah. And, like, like we're talking, it's really that fourth seed that's going to be the battle. So, I mean, Nashville climbed up into that fourth seed, you know, over Chicago. But, yeah. And, Speaking of the trade de- trade deadline, we're one year removed from two of these three teams making big splashes. Tampa Bay picked up Blake Coleman and uh, Barclay Goudreau last yeah. year at the trade deadline, who are both having great years for them. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if Tampa's got any more like wiggle room. I can't to imagine there's a, a lot like that, because they they re-signed like almost everybody. Yeah. from the Cup team last year. Yeah, they're they're kind of capped, locked. I mean, look, yeah, I mean, it's paying off for him right now, so. Yeah, you know. so, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but. Right. I think, I mean, if you're Nashville, Dallas, Chicago, do you load up? I, I think if you're Dallas right now, because they're heating up a little bit. They're climbing. They're in that sixth spot, but they're not far behind. They're, I know, and they were in the finals last year, but. Yeah, and they're three point, or no, five points behind Nashville for that four spot, yeah, after being in the cup last year. But then again, they remind me of. You know, the national team that went to the cup that, like, was, yeah. it like, was it a flash in the pan, you know? Yeah. Like, a lucky year, you know, well, like, hey, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs, anything can happen, and it just happened to happen to them. I honestly, that series, like, I feel like, you know, that first goal they got, 
they got called back that in the in the Stanley Cup when the Preds were playing the Penguins. Yeah, I feel like that was a series changing moment because like they came out and it was it was hot. It was you know it was a fast game, and then the the Preds scored you know, strike first and you're like, ah, oh, man, here we go. Like I'm a Penguins fan. I was like, ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> and then they challenge it. And it's like offsides. It was so close. Yeah. They call the goal back and then Penguins score like three straight. Like, I don't know. I just felt like it was such a momentum shift right yeah. in game one. Yeah. I think game one sets the tone. I mean, not many yeah. people win after losing game one, like statistically. Yeah. If I can talk, Rick. But, uh, yeah, so I think that, you know, battle is going to be those three teams. You know, who do you think is getting in out of the Chicago, Dallas, Nashville? I think Dallas is going to find the groove and, and at least make that four spot. Maybe Tyler Sagan comes in to save the yeah, day. Yeah, maybe Tyler in. comes back all healthy, you know. They figure the goalie situation out. I mean, Joe Pavelski still looks like he's got a lot yeah. of gas yeah, in the tank. You know, he's a still. solid player. I mean, and, and Jamie Benn, still Jamie Benn. You know, he's yeah. not scoring at such a high level. But yeah, yeah. I th- I don't know. I'm gonna go Chicago. I think Patrick yeah. Kane, you know, puts Patty the team Kane on his back. He's got good. Kirby Doc, you know. You got the the cat, to bring cat, you know. I wouldn't sign yeah. him. So, and they got a little more wiggle room, you know, with Duncan Keith, you know, retiring. So, yeah. who knows? Chicago load up. I mean, why not? Yeah, if they can make a, a couple big pl- trades, get some players in. You think what Chicago if they go, could be right in the mix? Like, get one of those goalies is like any goalie could go with. With Lekkonen and Subban, and get one more, just you know, to solid it up. Yeah, why not? Maybe a defenseman, another, you know, veteran forward to go with Patrick Kane. So hey, yeah, there's like crazy Chicago. things been happening. I mean, and it, what? Uh, I just forgot his name. The the center's out right for the season. Yeah, Taves. Uh, yeah, Taves is out. And who right. knows? Maybe he pulls a maybe you know, he comes back, back on the ice. He's like, wait, we're gonna make the playoffs. I'm good. My rehab's going really well, actually. I'm way ahead of the game. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So, yeah, that'll be exciting to see Chicago get back in there. And that's, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like they're, they're, they're far enough removed, like, from winning all those Stanley Cups that I wouldn't mind seeing them. And, hey, if you're like, hey, first round, Chicago, Florida. Oh, yeah. That's a toss-up. I mean, like, that's I mean, true. I think Florida's, competitive. I think Florida's a good team, but that is, like, if you're Chicago, you're like, I'll take that any day of the year. Yeah, I want that matchup. Yeah, I want that matchup. Dude, I mean, I mean, Chicago, Tampa Bay, maybe a little bit different, but right, Chicago, Florida, Chicago, Carolina, dude, I yeah. take it. To Pat, you know, Patrick Kane, Debrinka, you know, versus Barkov and Huberdeau. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I exciting. Mean, Barkov, what if, he, if Barkov's out? Then it's anybody's game. Yeah. I mean, I know he was injured, and they they won a bunch of games without him. So, but. Yeah, I mean, it's anybody's game, I think, in the Central. So, I think yeah. Central is one of those, you know, divisions where, like, I don't know who's going to come out of that. So, but jump over to the Honda West. Colorado has taken yeah, the lead. They and, finally. And by four points, you know. Stepped up to be the team that we were all hyping them up to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going 8-0-2 in the last 10, that's That's, that's hot. Yeah, that's lethal, man. That's that's a lot of firepower. That's yeah, yeah. and they outscored their in that ten games they outscored their opponents forty six to nineteen. See, and that's what you you like expect them to be capable of, you know, all yeah. season long with McKinnon and Landeskog and Ranton and yeah, they're, they're, and they're Kadri, kicking ass all and those taking names scores. exactly. <laughs> and Grubauer is you know oh. playing ever since you called him out, man, on yeah. the deep dive <laughs> on the deep dive. So. 
I mean, he's got five shutouts on the year, save percentage of 9.29, and a goals against average of 1.76. So, honestly, I think if Venza Trophy was handed out tomorrow, Grubauer is a, a front runner for sure. I think everyone, you know, Vasilevsky is always that solid. Like, he's yeah. the bar. He's like He's the measuring stick. Lately, he's yeah. the measuring stick, I think, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, he did win it last year, didn't he? So I think he got it last year, yeah. And so it's always last year's, you know, that's the measuring stick. So he could win it again. He's a solid goalie. There's a couple other yeah. goalies that, you know, could win it also. But, I mean, if it's handed out tomorrow, I'm taking Grubauer. So. Yeah, I definitely think he's the hottest goalie right now. Yeah, so, I mean, by popularity, yeah, he's giving it to <laughs> Grubauer. And, and I think it's well-deserved, yeah, what he's done yeah. in the last 12, 11 games especially. And then, yeah, with that save percentage. And I definitely think they need to like add somebody to go with him, but you know that's that's for them to decide. Um, yeah. And then Vegas kind of slip in, but really Minnesota. That's the that's the exciting thing there. They're only two p- points back behind Vegas. Got Kaprizov, man, and they're just l- loving life. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe Minnesota gets the home ice advantage over Vegas. Yeah. Beats them in the playoffs, and then say they go up against. You know, a Colorado in the in the the finals of the division. It's it could be that dark horse like a Dallas Minnesota. last year. Yeah. You know? So, I think Colorado, like Minnesota, is the one team they don't want to see in the playoffs. Yeah, like the, just the. I think Colorado would rather physical. play. Would rather play Vegas. Yeah, because I don't. Yeah, like Minnesota just seems like they're going to be the team that's that they're on you the whole time. Like you know, they're just physical and they're going to. They're going to yeah, play they, that endurance they game. They got no expectations. Yeah. They're so, just ready. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Minnesota and then uh, Arizona jumping up into that fourth spot. Like we talked about, that fourth yeah. spot is really where the race is. So, in this one, you know, St. Louis dropping out, Phoenix coming up, and St. Louis has not played good lately. Wow. Like going 2-7-1 and one in their last 10. That's rough. You can't make the playoffs. Plan. No. Yeah, they, you can't they might like be. That, man. They might be draft lottery if they, you know, finish the season yeah. out going two seven Creeping and down one. to the seven eight spot. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. And I um, love that. I like that that four slot there with Phoenix. You know, they've been fun. Oh yeah, and and I I think Phoenix Colorado. I take Colorado every day of the week. Oh, yeah. But hey, it's good to see Phoenix. You know, succeeding, and I I want to see Phoenix succeed. I I like their team. Yeah. And. Working hard, making the most of what they have out so, there. Yeah, I think they definitely deserve to get in the playoffs. And, yeah, let's hit up the Scotia North. Yeah, so on to the up north. Oh, north. And uh, Toronto just staying hot. Dude, they're, and, like, they, they have, they've had some bad weeks, you know, slumps here and there. But overall, they're definitely the most consistent team in that division. I mean, they, I think they've held on to that first spot since – the second week in the you yeah. know, season. So, um, you know, Winnipeg was putting the, you know, the iron to the fire. You know, they were, mm-hmm. you know, they were pressing the issue. But Winnipeg, you know, they played Winnipeg and the Oilers, which, you know, are both the teams behind them tied at uh, 47 points, both of those teams. They, they played Toronto this last week, and Toronto took seven out of the eight points available. So, I think that's kind of like where they're at there. They lose a couple here and there to everybody, yeah. but for the most part, they're... They're going to win the most of them. And yeah. they're finally starting to look like what that all-star cast that they've had out there is, you know, yeah. you expected them to look like. Yeah. With Zavaris and, and now Matthews. I mean, just 25 goals a season, just killing yeah. it. Yeah. And they played 
Calgary last night, and it was kind of a close game, it looked like, but they came out at the end, and they, you know, Galchenyuk scored. Galchenyuk got to go, huh? Yeah. So it was, it was good to see him, you know. Yeah. Hey, maybe the playoffs come out, and yeah, Galchenyuk in spot, there. You know? so that was good to see. I mean, the Cal- Calgary's struggling still under, you know, Daryl Sutter, Darryl but Sutter, yeah. I think they've only won two out of the last ten games. Yeah, the resting beer face, you know, not quite. <laughs> he's he's got to get he's got to yeah. change up his message or something. I who know if that. I mean, everyone's been talking Goudreau getting traded for the last like five years. I feel like yeah. I feel like if they're not, this might be the year Goudreau gets traded. So I mean, if they want to load up on some picks or something like that, you know, a guy in the prime of his career like Goudreau, maybe he'll go to Toronto. I love oh gosh, I love dude. to see Johnny. If they trade him within the the North, dude. Oh I think they're gonna. I think that I really? think I think a lot of the trades are going to be well. I guess do they have because the border they have like the COVID issues and yeah, stuff they got like the that. Border, huh? So the I border. think the North Division is like, hey, we're only trading with we're North staying Division. Within, huh? You know, like we want everyone in house or in division. So and Winnipeg, you know, they're they were creeping up, but like I said, they're you know tied with Edmonton at forty seven points. So it's anyone's game between those, but you know. They're yeah, gonna, they're gonna play each other probably come first round of the series, you know, season. So, but Winnipeg does have to play Toronto, uh, I think four more times this season. So, it's definitely gonna yeah. be, you know, a tough. I mean, they could either you know press the issue of for the first, or they could just lose ground. Yeah, lose some ground, and Winnipeg could uh, get some momentum in that series. Yeah. So, and then Montreal is in that fourth spot, and they got a six point lead on the Canucks. And, you know, they have to play the Jets three times. They have to play the Oilers six times. They have to play the Leafs six yeah. times. So, and that's a lot of games against playoff teams. That's 18. No, no, not 18. 16 games against the Top teams playoff. there. No, 15. I can't add today. Frick. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so 15 games against teams above them. And so I don't see them gaining any ground on any of those teams. Yeah. I think – it's gonna be a little exhausting for you yeah. know, like a, your Carey Price and your your Corey Perry's and now your Eric Stalls. Yeah, but and they are um, ahead of Vancouver by six game six points, and Vancouver team even COVID. Yeah, yeah, team COVID. I mean, they're still on <laughs> protocol with that, but and they you know they they're getting a little breath maybe they're you know sorting some things out, but I mean out of their last. You know, games they have left, only seven of them are against non-playoff teams in that division. So, I think yeah. it's too little too late for Vancouver, and I don't think yeah. they're going to gain any ground. I think they're that's the only division where fourth is not really a... Not a toss-up, really. No. Yeah. So, I, I think yeah. the North is pretty, you know, solidified. I think Toronto will win. I think Van, Winnipeg, Edmonton will battle it out for second and third, and mm-hmm. Montreal will be at fourth. So, hey... Good thing going out of this is we're going to see Toronto, Montreal, maybe first round. Oh, man. That's a lot of fun. I think I think Canadians in an all-Canadian division have been, like, waiting for that for a long time. Oh, yeah. The Battle of Canada. Is that, that's the two top they're most just, they're Stanley just Cup teams, right, of history? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the Maple, like, from way back in history, yeah, though, yeah. the Maple Leafs and Canadians. Montreal's got, a, you know, a handful more than the Leafs, but yeah. I think Montreal's got, like, 24, and the Leafs have got, like, 13 or 16 Been a little while But they yeah. got a bunch Yeah so I mean it's definitely Going to be a fun matchup To watch those teams play In the playoffs And that's going to Probably be the most Anticipated series Just Based on You know History So mm-hmm. 
a lot of history there. Two original six, but you know, goes deeper than that. So you know, yeah, dude, fans be ready to fight to the death after those <laughs> matchups. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely a lot of exciting things coming down the stretch. I mean, we got a uh, two months of hockey. Well, no, it's about a month left. Yeah, because we're May. gonna we're gonna end in I think May tenth. I think yeah, somewhere mid mid to late mid May. May. So, yeah, yeah, I think with all the COVID, you know, they've kind of stretched out a little bit, but it's exciting though. So one more month of hockey left. So getting hockey into the summer. Yeah. Oh boy. I can't wait. Oh yeah. So into June. I mean, I mean, playoffs will start. You know, mid May. I mean, usually we're getting ready for playoffs right now. So it's yeah. exciting to like still be in that regular season, you know, mode. Yep. So, and that wraps it up for the NHL. Anything else you want to talk about? Well, I saw the cool story of uh, the Humboldt Broncos. They yeah. were building that Memorial Center. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did see the, that. Yeah, I think that was really cool. They they brought up. I mean, was it today they announced that they're going to yeah. do that? I think it's just a cool story, you know, because we all know, you know, how that went down and and uh, you know sticks out for you know yeah, yeah. in the on the porch, and it was a cool thing to see the world. Like rally behind that team, a tragedy like that. So, and this weekend was this this weekend was the anniversary of that. Oh yeah, it was, huh? So. Yeah, because it was right before the end of the season that year. So season would be ending, you know, in a couple of days. So, yeah. yeah so it was the probably the anniversary today or yesterday. Yeah. So somewhere on there. Get your sticks out for Humboldt. That's right. And sounds like Brooks is you know calling it quits He's on ready. this podcast yeah. <laughs> you're in the Saskatchewan area whatever you know go see that new arena or that that uh memorial center yeah but I think that's awesome so that's all I know, got yeah good good heartwarming thing to end the podcast on and yeah reach out to us on social media at welcome to cup talk doc or uh at Welcome to Cup Talk on not Instagram quite, Nick yeah not quite website Coming is soon. in the works it's in the works so Welcome to CupDoc.com, coming soon. So. It literally says that if you type in the URL. It does? Coming, yeah, it does say coming soon? Coming soon. Nice. And nice. so it's, it's, it's almost there. But yeah, at Welcome to Cup Talk, hit us up. And, and t-shirts are flying off the shelves. Yeah, get them while they're hot, guys. 20 bucks a pop. Yeah. And before they're all gone, poor Nick wears himself out, mailing them out every day. You know, <laughs> I, you know probably every po- picture I post lately is me wearing a Welcome to it's. I do yeah. change my shirt every day. I just... You know, have one for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you know, and Sunday. I'll, Sunday, I'll rewear one. You know, and then a little case on the wall. It says, "In case of emergency, you know, break this open." Welcome I, to Cup Talk. When I, when I like go into my my closet, I feel like Doug Funny. You know, like how every yeah. <laughs> every outfit's the same. <laughs> I'm my own personal like you know animated character nowadays. That's right. <laughs> so, all right, Mason. Well, it's been a great episode. It's been real. It's been fun. And it's been real fun. It's been a lot of fun. All right, dude. You have a great weekend, Mason. You too. A week. (laughs) One last thing before we go. As always. This episode of Welcome to Cup Talk was brought to you by Hockey Stops. Hockey Stops is a local veteran-owned hockey shop in Ogden located at 4590 Harrison Boulevard. Starting with a dream and a hope to give back to the community and grow the sport. Hockey Stops is a storefront location open seven days a week. It carries everything from gear, stickers, even training tools. They got some local coffee in there. They got a bunch. Go in there and check it out. Yeah, Hockey Stops also um, offers blade contouring and, you know, anything you want to do to your skates, he can definitely yeah. do them. And he's going to get you tuned up. He's going to get you sharpened. He's going to get you contoured. He's going to get, you know, just that perfect edge and give you that edge on the ice you need and the edge over the competition. So go check out Corey. Ask him, say, hey, give me the works on the skates. 
Give me the works. Make it happen. Yeah, so go in there, check it out, grab some stuff, grab some stuff for the kids. Yeah, at a fair price and support a local hockey shop. Yep. All right. Check out Hockey Stops.